This week's episode of the HHH Racing Podcast is brought to you by BetUS. BetUS is a fast and easy way to bet fantastic casino uh, racing and other interests. They have a fast and easy interface with BetUS Live betting platform ensures you that your bet is made quickly to ensure that you hit odds available at that time. With mobile live betting available, there is no better way to enjoy the game today. BetUS offers up to 200 games a day with live betting and each game between 300 to 400 different props to bet on. Please join BetUS today and there'll be a free promo code and new information coming up for you viewers for the HHH Racing Podcast. Now, let's start episode 113 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Good evening and welcome to episode 113 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining me today. We've got a fantastic show. Let me go ahead and bring that scroll on the bottom of the screen. Hope you're enjoying your evening. I've been looking forward to this show for a long time. we got a lot to say. We already have a lot of people uh, watching. Please make sure you subscribe right there in the bottom right hand side of the screen our subscriptions have gone way up please make sure you do that also you can see in my name tag you can follow me on twitter at h kravitz and my email on the scroll on the bottom of the screen h kravitz horse at gmail.com also on the bottom of your screen if you're watching on youtube make sure you hit that thumbs up button smash that like button that'll tell youtube this is a great show and also make sure you hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will arise on this channel. Before I bring on our two guests, the first of two guests, I've got a few a very important announcements I want to make. Um, as you can see on the screen below, and if you're listening to this as uh, a replay uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor, I will explain what's on the bottom of the screen because obviously you can't see it. Uh, you can, of course, listen and subscribe to the HHH Racing Podcast on those uh, platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Also have a race day blog. Uh, it's very expensive, $12.99 a month. You receive it uh, every Saturday. And the ROI has been fantastic. We've been hit uh, pick four and a pick five using the ABC Ticketmaker method uh, last month. Please make sure you subscribe to the race day blog. Also... Uh, brand new, and I'm going to show you a little more details in a minute. Uh, if you sign up for BetNow, BetUS, BetUS is a new uh, sponsor of the show. You can receive a 125% bonus of free bets. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. And finally, the podcast pool is also new. It brings viewers of the HHH Racing Podcast together to try to smash a pick four or five or six, like the one we're going to be talking about 
uh, at Fairgrounds this Saturday. Let me tell you where you got all your promo information, folks. I'm going to go ahead and very briefly bring up the YouTube channel. So as you can see, here's the YouTube channel. I'm going to go ahead and take the banner down. All you need to do, folks, if you go to the YouTube channel and you go under uh, live or you're actually on to the show that we're talking about right now, you'll probably see me here pop up as it's live. Uh, let me turn off the volume there. So if you go underneath the YouTube channel in the description, let me go ahead and this is what you see underneath the description. However, if you hit that show more button, show more folks, here's our promotion. So it's a, that's as big as I can make it. So let me uh, describe again what's going on. Uh, BetUS is a great betting platform and you can see the information there. You can receive free, free play, that's right, 125% of your deposit. You have to deposit a minimum $50 and you have to use your credit card. Again, you have to use your credit card, minimum $50 to start with in your new account. It is so easy to sign up, folks. If you do that and use the promo code RACING3H, again, all the information is below the video player in the description. The promo code is RACING3H. All you need to do is do that, sign up, bet within the first two weeks, and you get free 125% of your initial um, buy-in. I've already signed up to BetUS. I signed up for $200, and I have $250 of free play. That's right. This is no joke. This is not a gimmick, folks. $250 of free play if you use the promo code RACING3H. Again, go to my YouTube channel. You can see all the promotional information there. There's my race day blog information and, of course, the podcast pool. But thanks to our new sponsor, BetUS, a great betting platform. And the great thing about BetUS is you can uh, – it's not parimutuel betting. So you can get fixed odds. Let me go ahead and take this off the screen here. You get fixed odds. There is a horse I love, love on Saturday. I'm interested to see what our guests think about this horse. Uh, this horse is 12 to one morning line. I'm going to bet, I make a win bet, um, through bet us. And I think I'm going to get, I'm going to get that 12 to one instead of the odds that I think he's going to go off more like six to one. Uh, now I, I would highly recommend, of course, use uh, DRF bets and twin spires. I'll be betting our tickets through twin spires, but in terms of getting, uh, better odds or those fixed odds, or if you want to, uh, play, if you like casino or you can bet, um, sports, uh, NCAA basketball, NBA basketball, uh, golf. There's you know a million things you can bet on there. Bet US, it's fantastic. Use the promo code again, Racing Three H. All the information is below the description of this YouTube uh, channel. Please make sure you check that out. Highly recommend it. Uh, let's see. We got Dean is here today. Dean, thanks for. Uh, join the show. Charles Blaha is, Blaha is already here. Yeah, hit that thumbs up. Thanks, Charles. Uh, appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've got everything I wanted to discuss here out of the uh, way in terms of promotions and everything. We got a lot of stuff uh, going on. The podcast pool, by the way, I sent out an email. If you don't know about the podcast pool where you can buy in uh, to our pool, and I'm going to put together some huge tickets, and hopefully we're going to crush it. Again, if you're interested in the podcast pool, email me hkravitzhorse at gmail.com, and I'll send you all the information 
you need uh, for the podcast pool. And finally, before we bring on our first guest, as he's anxiously waiting backstage, hopefully he's finished his pasta back there. Uh, we've got, uh, you see on the bottom of the screen, next week, next week, and even our guest might be interested. Who knows? Maybe he'll be betting next week. The Saudi Cup is next week. Our fantastic UK punter slash tipster slash handicapper, Davey Lane, friend of the show, will be back next Thursday. We're starting at an earlier time because he's going to be live in the UK. We're starting 5 p.m. Eastern next Thursday. Again, 5 p.m. Eastern next Thursday. We are going to thoroughly go through the Saudi Cup itself and other stake races on the undercard on a huge day in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. You do not want to miss our live show next Thursday with our friend live from the UK, Davey Lane. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring on our first guest. Uh, I think we can officially call him a friend of the show. He's been on before. Uh, he was a f- former announcer at my home track at Arlington International Racecourse for years. He's been a longtime track announcer at the fairgrounds. He has a new gig. We're going to talk about that, about that as well. Let's bring on live from New Orleans, our friend, John G. Dooley. John, how are you doing tonight? Uh, Howard, uh, thanks for having me on. I just enjoyed a big bowl of Santon spaghetti at 12 to 1, those morning line odds for the uh, fairgrounds. Wait a minute. Did, did you see my notes? <laughs> did you see my notes? How'd you know that that was the? I, I don't see you. I don't see you as a deep closer Monarchs Glen fan of those twelve to one morning line odds. So squarely the spotlight for you on Santin, like many other handicappers. Yeah. So it's Santin, not Santine. Is that correct? Obviously, you'd be the one to know. Santine. We'll we'll uh, we'll make a judgment by Saturday. But uh, I, I I I think one thing that it's not is twelve to one. <laughs> uh, no, he's not going to be twelve to one. I don't want to steal my thunder and Chad's thunder. We'll we'll talk about that horse <laughs> later in the show, uh, folks. We have a lot of people listening live. If you're interested in the handicapping portion of our show, uh, I mean, why would you go anywhere? We've got one of the best announcers in the history of United States horse racing, John G. Dooley right here. So there's no reason for you to go anywhere. However, if you are interested in the details of our handicapping segment, we're going to start that in about 15 minutes uh, with another great uh, guest, uh, uh, Chad Schechsneider. If you don't know who he is, folks, we'll introduce him. He's fantastic. Uh, John, thank you very much for joining the show. Greatly appreciate you uh, coming on. How you doing tonight? No, doing great. Uh, you know, we started off the day. It was kind of a wild day of results at the fairgrounds. Uh, you know, Howard, we kicked off a five-day race weekend. Of course, Saturday's big day with the special, you know, noon post time, the first of 13. But already, you know, kind of treated handicappers. We have a 50-cent late pick five carryover on the Friday card, over $56,000. So Whoa. just, a, you know, a wild bunch of results, uh, you know, on the card today. Uh, front runners, you know, holding their form and some long shot uh, surprises especially in a wild, uh, you know, late double. So uh, the, the day before, uh, you know, our big risen star card with a $500,000 guaranteed all stakes pick five, 56K and a 50 cent lead pick five starting on race five on the Friday card. Um, I will, I've had a very busy day, John. I think, you know, I'm a full-time school teacher. I had to get ready for the show. A lot of things. I did not look at fairgrounds today. No disrespect. I did not know there was a carryover tomorrow. Uh, when you say carryover. <laughs> I, you know what I'll be doing after the show, folks. Take a look at the late pick five tomorrow. Make sure you save your money for Saturday, but take a look at the late pick five tomorrow. Uh, John, I got three quick questions we want to ask you. You'll see them at the bottom of the screen. And again, we only have John for about 15 minutes, folks, uh, or about maybe 20 minutes at the most. If you any questions for John G. Dooley, again, race uh, track announcer at the fairgrounds, 
one of the best of the business, folks. Please, on the top right-hand uh, side of the screen, feel free to ask some questions. I'm sure John will be happy to take some questions from the viewers. John, very quickly, uh, first impression, I shouldn't say first impressions. You guys have obviously been racing for a while since Thanksgiving, but general impressions of the meet uh, at Fairgrounds so far, anything stand out to you in particular? You know, this year, it seems like, you know, Howard, and uh, for those, uh, you know, tuning in, it, it's been a, it's been a fairground season, of course, celebrating 150 years. But this year, you know, it's definitely, you know, a year for the teams. Uh, we started off right away with like Marcelino Pedroza Jr. for, for Sam David Jr., uh, that jockey trainer combination. Um, already even uh, on today's card. I mean, wow. I mean, under the Twin Spires uh, during their meets. Mitchell Morrow, Chris Hartman. I mean, just, you know, lights out, you know, with their uh, win percentage when, when, when teaming up. Um, you know, of course, uh, James Graham when riding for Tom Amos. But, you know, Saturday changes the whole complexion with, um, you know, uh, Joel Rosario, Junior Alvarado, Tyler Gaffleone, Jose Ortiz, Mike Smith, Mario Gutierrez for Doug O'Neill in the Rizzo Star Stakes and a past champion for Ron Giroux back in the Big Easy. So, you know, all those uh, jockey trainer combinations that we've seen during the, you know, the, the, the bulk of this uh, season, as you mentioned, kicking off on Thanksgiving Day. Um, it's been it, it's been great following those jockey trainer combinations, but uh, with so many talented riders coming in trainers uh, for Saturday's big day, you know, kind of really looking forward to having some of these Raiders come in and seeing, uh, you know, their top level horses here on Saturday. It's been real exciting. Uh, Charles, I'm sure you can confirm this. Charles mentioned there is uh, some speed that won today. Um, uh, John, uh, uh, Charles is wondering, John, if you felt like there was a track bias at all. I, at least, you know, insofar as today went, yeah, it seemed like, you know, you wanted to be up front. And uh, there were a couple of uh, Angel Suarez won a race, you know, easy on lead with uh, Chaton Rouge. Uh, uh, Mitchell Morrill won a race for Chris Hartman. I mentioned that. Another horse on, on the lead, a charged line, uh, kind of a overconfident ride in the finale. And uh, Adam Biskitza wound up winning on a, on a long odds horse for Norm Cassie. Uh, oh, wow. Kind of upsetting. But we already knew we were having a carryover uh, going in to the oh. uh, late pick five on the, the Friday card before we had the uh, finale today. But oh, so uh, no horses you know, were covered in the last race, huh? That's crazy. Yeah, no real, no real deep closers on, on the track here uh, today. And it, it's kind of just like, you know, just like what we discussed for the LeCompte, you know, another big race day where we were off the turf on the Thursday to start off the race week. So the portable rail is going to stay at 14 feet. Uh, that's if we're back on the turf on Friday. Uh, and it was almost exactly the same thing what happened with the LeCompte. We were talking about, you know, will we be on the turf the Friday before the big comp day card and uh you know and then to get you know get our first look at whether uh you know whether it's speed horses or deep closers on the turf course depending on where the portable rail set as is the case uh this coming saturday that'll be at 14 feet you know i found and i'm not just saying this because you're on the show I, I see tracks throughout the entire country i bet many different tracks i think the maintenance crew uh there the fairgrounds you do a great job you don't usually see too much bias to be honest obviously when the rails are out on the turf sometimes i think speed holds better i think you would agree with that when I mean, you see that at arlington you see that at a lot of tracks uh the dirt course i think in general has been fair early in the meet um it was a little more tilted towards speed i think i think it's leveled out a little bit uh john the next question you already touched on this so you, again john, john reads my rundown he's, like, he's got you know like esp um you you already mentioned um, the jockeys are there is there a particular race that you're I mean obviously the risen star yeah. is the big headliner but there's many uh, great stakes that we're going to talk about on this show in the late pick five with Chad are there any particular horses we have horses coming from out of town some horses coming in off layoffs that have some superstar potential is there anyone in, in mind just as a racing fan that you're excited to see on Saturday 
Uh, you know, year year in year, uh, year out. I mean, Risen Star Day is my you know my favorite day to call, and of course, we'll wrap up with the um you know Grade Two Risen Star Stakes presented locally here by Lamarck Ford. But the race before it, I mean, Joe Christofek, you know, has that statistic he's been talking about on air. Nine of the last uh, twenty five Kentucky Oaks winners have run in the Rachel Alexandra Stakes presented by Fazy Tipton. Brett Calhoun has that outside draw with you know hidden connection. Looking forward to seeing uh you know her run. Uh, in the Rachel Alexandra Stakes, but so many great fillies have used, you know, this New Orleans road uh, to great, you know, success in the Kentucky Oaks. And so really looking forward to seeing the fillies here in race 12 on Saturday. Yeah, and we actually had Raylu Gutierrez on the show right before the Breeders' Cup. I, I will admit, listen, John, anyone that knows me has been watching <laughs> the show. I'm an honest guy. I'll tell you all the wins and losses I've had. I think it's really important to be transparent because if anyone comes on their podcast and say they win every day or hit every you know bet they're they're lying to you i love him connection the breeders cup he was i think she went off like five and two just didn't work out she didn't break well she got stuck sort of on the inside uh Relu was hoping to you know break much better in that race it just things just don't work out i read i don't know if you can confirm this or not um i think chad will confirm this later brett was quoted as saying him connections about 80 85 percent um, Brett seems to be a pretty honest guy. So I don't know if that's trainer speak or not, but even him connection at 80, 85% is probably good enough to win this race. And John, she gets an outside post. However, the 11 holes, that's pretty far. That's not going to be easy going that short run in the first turn. Correct. It reminds me of that. I think Doug O'Neill said the same thing about Hot Rod Charlie entering round three of the Almock Tomb Challenge. And of course, Hot Rod Charlie just, you know, blew the doors off the field there in the Emirates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, I, you know, I, from the 11 hole, John is an announcer, and for people that don't watch fairgrounds, how hard or easy is that to be able to tuck in going a mile 16th on the dirt in that Rachel Alexandra? You know, and talented Lacrate has you know has the rail draw, and she's certainly a filly that uh, you know Steve Asmussen he's going to take this route. You know, going forward from the Silver Bullet Day. Rachel Alexander stakes. We have the fairgrounds looks in the final, you know, month of the meet, and uh, you know she's got that rail draw, and uh, the way the track has been. Uh, you know, even given today's results, I mean, you know, if she gets out to the front, you know, takes the shortest way around there, uh, you know, for uh, Joel Rosario. And uh, she could be hard to, you know, kind of reel in, as you mentioned, drawing 11 for hidden connection, but really looking forward. I mean, the Phillies year in and year out never seem to disappoint the racing fans and uh, certainly for all of us at the fairgrounds. Uh, some other quick courses I just want to mention before we get into our handicapping. John, I'm just curious. Um, I, I know you're an astute handicapper as well. I'm sure you've you know, done your homework a little bit. Of course, John, you know, is calling races every day, folks. So don't expect him to come up with, you know, great, you know, unbelievable stats and details about Saturday. That's for sickos like me who are <laughs> who have spent hours already handicapping. Um, the mine shaft is coming up a really interesting uh, race, mm -hmm. John, the grade three for older horses. There's two horses in here that are going to take a lot of attention. I just wanted to get your early impressions. The number four Olympiad looks super talented for Bill Mott. Um, I actually liked him in the Cigar Mile, got sort of a, a weird kind of trip. It's an up-and-comer. And then a horse for Chad Brown, Miles D, who's 7-2 morning line. With a guy named Ortiz, this time it's going to be Jose. I think those two horses are going to take a lot of interest and money uh, in in the uh, mineshaft. Yeah, you know, those are obviously the two, you know, the two big names. And, you know, among the locals, I mean, Happy American, you know, did not miss by much, you know, last time out. And, uh, you know, you go back to the history of the mineshaft, they talking a lot, of course, Road, you know, road to uh, the Louisiana Derby, road to the Kentucky Derby, a lot of points, 50 points, you know, on the line for the three-year-olds in the Risen Star Stakes. But last year, I mean, Maxfield, Maxfield won the mineshaft. 
So, you know, the next, you know, really top talented older horse could be running, you know, on Saturday and, uh, you know, really looking forward to that as part of the undercard. But of course the Phillies and the three rolls, you know, taking top billing, but wow, you know, Maxfield, a winner last year, one year, you know, one year ago, taking out the mine shaft, you know, a grade three on the undercard. Um, it looks like you're appearing. I, I think you have some PPs in front of you or you some entries. You're appearing down there. The uh, Okay, there we go. Uh, the older horse, uh, the, the turf race, I think it's called the fairground. The fairground mm-hmm. stakes. Uh, uh, excuse me. They have the grade three fairground stakes. It's um, your 12th one top pick. Right. Same and which, which is a, sort of a period for the Muneds, correct, John? Uh, which will be run right, right. Uh, in a month. Uh, Chad Brown, and he's not afraid to bring horses to the fairgrounds at, at all because he brought Colonel Liam last year, right, to the fairgrounds, I believe. Uh, well, he had, I and, he had, and he had bricks and mortar by the by the nose during a Horse of the Year campaign. I remember that. Like, like, it was, what, one to five in that race and barely, barely. <laughs> it's, my sc- it's my screensaver. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I love bricks and mortar. Um, is it Adhamo? I didn't look at. I didn't look at. Do, do you have from the connections the pronunciation on the six in that race? The Michael Dub, the Madcap Stable horse, coming in overseas for the first time in the Chad Brown uh, barn. Yeah, I mean, I figured Adhamo, but uh, yeah, an interesting, you know, for you know, first U.S. run for for this horse, having campaigned and you know against horses, uh, you know, the Group Company in Longchamp and. Uh, you know, over over in France. So, uh, you know, our first U.S. look at her and excited about those prospects, you know, in, in a race that, you know, can lead onto, uh, you know, the Muniz. Yeah, it's going to be a great card on Saturday. Uh, John, before we let you go, and uh, I think we'll do something pretty cool. I think we'll bring on our next guest with you on screen so you can say hello. He's He just uh, arrived backstage right now uh, listening. Uh, let me bring up the banner here. So for those of you who don't know, John set this out on Twitter I am so happy for you, Mr. Dooley. Really happy for you for this Thanks, next John. announcement. Some people may not know John G. Dooley, the new racetrack announcer at Horseshoe, Indianapolis yeah. race course, formerly called Indiana Grand. John, congratulations to all of us, the HH Racing Podcast. Tell us a little bit how that came about and when you start. Yeah, I mean, really looking forward to the opportunity. Uh, you know, as we you know went into the end of uh, last year, uh, the general manager there, Eric Hallstrom, reached out to me and said, you know what, I have interest in coming there and uh, representing Horseshoe Indianapolis. You know, the season would work out fine, you know, at the fairgrounds and absolutely uh, said, you know, yes, you know, let's talk about the opportunity and it's come to fruition. And they open up, uh, you know, April 19th, it was just announced $4.6 million, you know, stakes purses, 1.1 million, uh, 1.1 million on uh, July 9th. It'll be a Saturday card. So uh, giving the fans there, you know, in Indianapolis, uh, you know, in the Midwest, a chance uh, maybe to come out for a big Saturday card, see top jockeys and uh, trainers like we'll have here on Saturday in New Orleans. But uh, Indiana Derby, grade three Indiana Oaks, that day, $1.1 million in purses, a Saturday card. So hopefully fans will come out. Hopefully handicappers around the nation will support it. But uh, season kicks off, long season, April 19th. But I'm really thankful for the opportunity, Howard. You know, when you take over a new track and you've got plenty of time to, you know, to, to learn the track. And I mean, you're obviously a veteran and handicapper. You don't need to be told where the eighth pole is, whatnot. But <laughs> when you do when you do start a new track, are there little nuances, little things that you have to worry about? Um, I, I don't think they have anything in the infield that sort of gets in the way that no little tree, no little woods, no uh, <laughs> anything. But I mean, there is an adjustment. Obviously, you have to learn some new jockeys you're going to be calling quite often and trainers. There's definitely a, a bit of a learning curve for you, I would think. I've learned there's an Applebee's in Shelbyville from Jose Vakelme. So, you there know, I'm, I'm, you know, picking up, 
<laughs> so I'm picking up slowly uh, some bits and pieces of information, you know, going forward. But no, it's a great question. I mean, Arlington's announcer booth, I mean, that facility was, you know, so amazing for my 22 seasons there. The announcer booth was, you know, well to the left of the finish line and, you know, really, uh, you know, into the into the grandstand, you know, suites level proper. Uh, whereas the fairgrounds, I'm right next to the placing judges. So, you know, really high up that daunting fairgrounds home stretch. And, uh, you know, I have a pretty good, you know, just to the left, uh, you know, angle of the, uh, you know, of the finish. So, you know, looking out the window, but it'll be my first time in the booth there. So, you know, 22 seasons uh, uh, at Arlington, you know, my, my past there up in Chicago, and it was a, you know, fantastic, a great time there with all the Arlington millions, uh, speaking of bricks and mortar and the pizza man, some of the great champions uh, there in the past, but I've been down here since 0405, uh, my first meet at the fairgrounds and looking forward to, I guess it'll be my rookie season, uh, you know, at Horseshoe Indianapolis, but really looking forward to the opportunity. And again, thanks to Eric Hallstrom there, Tammy Knox, Racing Rachel, she just uh, you know she had her she had her baby Houston. So look forward to working with a great team there at uh, Horseshoe Indy. They really have a great team, and I don't want to you know put you in, a, in, a, in an awkward spot or get you in trouble. And I don't want you to have to speak for management. Um, I have some friends up at Canterbury Park, and I talk to them. They're having a ship and win. Unfortunately, we all know Arlington is closed. Um, that does open up the opportunity now. Hawthorne is running, and we we, we both. I'm from Chicago. You're a Chicago guy to some extent, obviously. So we wish everyone at Hawthorne well. This is not a ripping on Hawthorne. However, uh, their meet is going to be interrupted by a harness meet. So do you know for a fact, or I would assume some of the management in Indiana, uh, excuse me, at Horseshoe Indianapolis has reached out to maybe some people at Arlington and and bring some horses over to uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis for with a beautiful turf course they have there. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, that's the job of every racing secretary and Chris Polson. I worked with him starting back in 2000 at the old Sportsman's Park uh, before they closed down, before I actually came down here in the winter of 2004. Chris and I worked together for a long time. He's there at Horseshoe Indianapolis as the racing secretary looking to recruit stables, as you mentioned, Canterbury. Of course, Hawthorne, so many different, uh, you know, racetracks trying to recruit the horses in the Midwest and the area. So, you know, Chris, uh, you know, certainly doing that business, some horsemen down here that maybe want to make plans, you know, maybe to go up there and uh, spend part of the spring meet in Chicago. But certainly, you know, we encourage them. It's a long meet. It certainly works out well with their horses here, you know, at Fairgrounds Racecourse and Slots, you know, 150 years here, uh, 20th season uh, at Horseshoe Indianapolis, but uh, looking for some of the stables. I think Michelle Boyce, I hear, might be coming. She oh, wow. uh, used to run a lot, uh, you know, in Chicago. Hope to have her uh, at Horseshoe Indianapolis and some other local trainers that maybe fans, Chicago fans, have known from uh, other years, you know, with the Chicago circuit. Maybe they're looking to move their stables elsewhere. Certainly that divided up thoroughbred meat is going to impact a lot of the different horsemen, and it'll be up to them to make judgments for not only, you know, their, their, their you know, equine athletes, but their family as well, where to live and spend this, you know, spring, summer, and fall. Of course, uh, Jim Pilar said congratulations. One last question that we'll bring in mm -hmm. our second guest to say hello to you and sorry, handicapping segment. Uh, see, Money, this is a great question. <laughs> Have you called quarter horse races before? And I, I'm assuming you'll be doing that at uh, at Horseshoe Indianapolis, right? Yeah, really. That's a you know, fantastic question. Actually, my first season opened up the inaugural Lone Star Park. Lone Star Park at Grand Prairie, 1997. They ran a fall meeting of champions. So uh, called a quarter horse meet there, including a cool Q baby for Casey Carden. She was a, you know, great hard hitting, you know, uh, quarter horse mare and cool Q baby. And uh, they're in the fall meeting there. So a few seasons of uh, quarter horses at Lone Star Park. And uh, yeah, looking, you know, looking forward to the opportunity for uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis. So they have the Bank of America Challenge Championship. And uh, I think I might have a chance to meet, uh, you know, the great, you know, the legend Ed Burgard for all those years, the announcer Los Alamitas. Hope to oh. meet Ed during uh, the big day for the quarter horses, the Bank of America Challenge Championships, you know, this fall at uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis.
he he knows a few things about calling a quarter horse race. Uh, not that you need <laughs> any help. Not that you need any help with that, John. But Arlington ran some quarter horse races, if I yes. recall. I mean, I know they've run some, and I mean, I've lived around my life, so I know I've seen some quarter horse races at Arlington. Uh, let, we let's we actually, by the way, we also we also run uh, every every Louisiana Champions Day here in December. Right, we, the course. first three races are always some of those uh, graded uh, quarter horse stakes. But uh, for those picks, I always bow and uh, defer to Martha Clausen. <laughs> uh, uh, she no, she's fantastic for sure. Uh, let's bring on John. I'm going to bring you on just for one minute. You can just say hello, and then we'll let you uh, uh, join the uh, you know enjoy the rest of your pasta or whatever you got going. This <laughs> rest of your voice for a big Zantine weekend. Spaghetti. <laughs> uh, there we go. This guy's just throwing out props everywhere tonight. Um, our next guest, folks, and I'm going to bring him on right now with John on. He can say hi to John. I've been looking forward to having this guest on for quite a while. I've heard great things about uh chad this gentleman is the host uh he does a lot of things but he's the host of the fairgrounds podcast he had some great shows earliest week if you're not familiar with the fairgrounds podcast check that out on spotify soundcloud all the other um platforms let's bring him on he's gonna help us uh with the pick five tonight also from new Orleans. hopefully i'm gonna pronounce this correctly there he is chad Chuck snyder <laughs> chad how you doing tonight uh, Chad, we can barely hear you. You got to turn the sound way up. Um, I don't know if people heard him better than I did. So is Chad. Uh, hey, Dules, can you hear me now? Yeah, we're um, getting there, I think. It's, <laughs> it's still, it's pretty low for me. I don't know. Uh, okay. I've got my sound up full. Can you go ahead again, Chad? Hey, is that better? Yeah. There you go, much better. better. Okay. All right. Um, people at home, I just want to make sure everyone home, uh, we have a lot of people watching. Um, if someone could just comment in the chat. If everyone can hear Chad, okay. Chad, how are you doing tonight? John D. Dooley in the flesh. There he is. My boy. Chad, some some wild results today. $56,000 late pick five carry over on Friday. A pretty nice lead-in for our big day on Saturday. You know, it's funny today. We were talking about how speed's holding, speed's holding. As soon as you say speed's holding, whoop, right up the rails, splits, and here comes a long shot. And, uh, you know, the text messages are going crazy. Oh, I guess the speed's not holding now, so. Um, and, I, and I think Juan Vargas broken rib. I think it was only what his like second win of the entire meet, and then suggested you know wins wins the finale to give Adam Biscitza three wins on the card. So, but we knew going into the finale, uh, you know that there would be a late pick five carryover. So that in addition to the five hundred uh, you know G's on a Saturday's All Stakes late pick five, which I know you guys are going to talk. About. Let's get a double carryover. How about that? <laughs> wow, I mean, it, there's a guaranteed pool though. Is there a guaranteed pool to pick there's five a, Saturday? Do you guys know five five hundred thousand? Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Late Listen, uh, yeah, Chad, before we let John go, any any final thoughts or comments for John? I mean, he does a great job. You, you don't no, have to. Awesome. I mean, you've been he's down awesome. like a long Chad. time. <laughs> Chad, I, Chad, I, Chad's never a stranger. He can just knock on the announcer door and say, did, I, did we just see that? Did that just, did that just happen? <laughs> so yeah. we talk pretty much daily whenever Chad has a chance to join us up in the press box. Yeah, yeah so, a great job, man. That's a tough. People don't understand. When you look up the stretch in the fairgrounds at four or five o'clock in the afternoon and those horses swing by, they're just they just look like silhouettes. I mean, it's, it's pretty tough up there. I'm telling you, when you look down the stretch and it's a long stretch. So you got a little time. But uh, Dules has done it for a long time. and He does it very well. She's fantastic. John, we're going to let you go. I really appreciate you coming on uh, for a short time tonight. Our viewers always in. Uh, enjoy listening to you, watching you. We will be watching you not only Saturday, but I will be definitely watching you yeah. tomorrow for the late pick five when I get home from work. I'll be putting a bet in. Any quick final thoughts before we let you go? 
Put the T-shirt on. Put the Pick 5 T-shirt on. $56,000. Lead Pick 5 starting on Race 5 tomorrow. There we go. I'm live in the Pick 5. Let's get it going. Go John, him, have Jared. a great night. Thank you very much, sir. Take care. Thanks, Howard. Go get him, John. Alrighty. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, what a great guy, Hot Chad. He's, he's, he's yeah. awesome. And got a new gig at, uh, at Horseshoe Indianapolis. That's real exciting for him, too. I thought it was exciting for him. Um, Eric Hallstrom actually came to New Orleans to officially kind of announce it for him. So it wasn't just one of those text messages. Hey, John, uh, you got the job in Indiana. You know, Eric Hallstrom's a classy guy, and uh, he flew down here and, and did it in person. So that was really cool for, for John. Yeah. Uh, listen, Chad, it's a real pleasure to meet you. Very, thanks for coming on. I'm a little nervous because I know you're a podcast host, too. So I'm going to do the best I can. We There's a big difference. We're live. I don't I'm, I'm a one man band. I don't have, you know, a producer. I've got like three screens. I'm clicking a million things. I'm sure you have a little bit of appreciation uh, no, for all the work that, that goes on behind the podcast. Real quick, for the people that are not familiar to you before we get into our handicapping, quick intro about yourself, where you're from and what you're doing at Fairgrounds or how you're involved other than the podcast, please. Right. So I was born and raised in New Orleans here, um, went to school out in Lafayette, came back here after college, worked at the fairgrounds for three or four years when uh, the Krantz family owned the track, which was in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, worked for some great people with Brian Krantz um, and Mike Deliberto and the guys up in the press box. Mike E.D. is my podcast partner. Um, he's been around the track his whole life. Um, legend, uh, Deliberto name is legendary down here. We actually run a stake in in his dad's name, yeah. but the Buddy Deliberto. So, yeah. um, you know, Mike kind of took me under his wing and uh, taught me some handicapping and uh, ran the press box for a couple of years, got out of there and, and went into the, I call it the real world, got ahead of the real <laughs> job after that and just became a fan. And then, you know, kept going to, um, you know, kept going to the track, had friends that go to the track and just, you know, get friends on the backside. And, um, you know, when Joe and them got here, I said, you know, podcast, Fangrounds didn't have a podcast. And this was a couple of years ago. So um, I got with Joe, got with some of the guys in the racing office, and they thought it'd be a great idea. So, um, you know, we kind of took off from there, and we did, I think, about 12 or 13 shows back in 2019. Um, and they were really good. Talked to Steve Asmussen. We talked to Brian Hernandez, a jockey agent. Um, and we did our regular handicapping shows, Mike Delberto and I. And then, um, the, you know, COVID hit last year. The fans went going to the track. So we skipped 2020, just kind of put it on the back burner, and we brought it back this year. Yeah, you guys do a great job, and uh, we, we've got some trainers and, and uh, jockeys on this show, not as many. It's nice when you have a sort of official connection to a track. I'm just a little small fish in a big pond. Started this <laughs> podcast a year ago with zero subscribers, Chad. Have over 700 uh, now with over fifty, almost 50,000 views in the last year with some great uh, great guests I've had on, TV personalities. It's it's a, exploded. I'm really proud of it. I'm happy to have you as our uh guest tonight this i have a feeling this will not be the only time that you'll be on by the way shout out to kevin kilroy who i had on for the first time I had a chance to meet i'm sure you know uh, you've met kevin uh what a fantastic job he's done first time down in fairgrounds also you have an appreciation for it. i mean i definitely have an appreciation for what you do because being on the podcast side it's tough you don't know if anybody's gonna listen right i mean you don't know if anybody's <laughs> interested and whatnot and, and and kevin came on too and um you know the, the camera is something else when you got the camera in front of you or and you're talking on it, it's a different, it's a different thing. It takes a little while to get used to. Um, but yeah, Kevin's jumped right in. Um, he's passionate about it. He does a good job and uh, he works hard. And I think um, he's definitely a, a positive for that uh, media team they have at the fairgrounds. Absolutely. All right, let's jump right in, Chad. I know we could talk forever and we got exciting races to handicap. We're not only going to handicap the late pick five folks, but the first race we're going to uh, talk just for very briefly, Chad, is race seven which is the first stake race of the day. 
um, on the uh, undercard. It's outside of the pick five. And Chad, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the podcast. I'm going to be showing uh, DRF um, past performances. We use Formulator. I'm a big fan because we can show replays and whatnot. So I'll bring up the Formulator. Also at the bottom of the screen, Chad, you're going to see two things. You'll see my picks and your picks that you've sent in. He doesn't know my picks. I just found out his picks recently. We are we're different in some races. We're also similar. That's a great thing about handicappers. We all have different opinions, and people can decide where they want to go. And then also, Chad, there'll be some comments on the bottom of the screen from our wonderful viewers. If you have any questions on Chad's opinions as we go through them, this guy's in the know. He's talked to trainers on the grounds. He knows owners. This is why we have Chad on, because he knows much more about what's going on specifically down at the fairgrounds than I do. So, Chad, let me go ahead and bring up the PPPs. As I uh, do that, you see here's race seven, and sometimes I'll go full screen, Chad, so people can see them better. Sometimes I won't. I don't have our picks up for race seven because it's out of the sequence. Very briefly, your thoughts on race seven, five and a half furlongs on the turf. It's the Colonel Power, $100,000. There's a horse near, Chad. It's just a super fun horse who is 75 on the morning line. Uh, and that is, we got to bring him up there. Where did I already blow by him? Just might. There he is. Sorry for Michelle Lovell. Yeah, just might. I mean, honestly, this is the most likely winner on the card. And Mike and I talked about this on the podcast yesterday. Um, he was, he was, he was much the best at last last month in the canter. He did everything right. He's so fast, and Michelle Lovell has done such a good job of keeping this horse in form for a long time now. And he loves the fairgrounds. He can win on the dirt here. He can win on the turf. Just a really cool horse. Um, seven to five, I think would be a bargain to be honest with you. I think he's going to tick down more, a couple of notches off of that because, um, his last race was just so impressive. And, um, you know, it says bump foes there, but it, it wasn't much of a bump. I can tell you that. Um, and, and you, you know, today they did something I was talking with Joe Christopher about, you know, the best horse won this race and they took him down. And then today, almost the same kind of bumping happened at the fairgrounds and they left the horse up. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just, you know, you, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess, whoever, how you bet them. But um, just might, a lot of people at the track felt they were robbed on just might on Lecompte. They going back and get their money on Saturday because he's, he's going to be very, very tough to beat. Yeah. I, I will say I did not want that DQ. I, I, I don't know. Let, let, we'll just move on. I don't want to get either one of us in trouble. <laughs> we didn't talk about it much in the pod either. <laughs> as if as if this game is not hard enough, Chad, then we got to worry about, you know, stewards making different decisions at different times and whether it's a class one or a class – anyway, we could go on forever. Yeah. Is there anyone in this race for people that are going to be betting um, out this race outside of pick five? Is there a horse that you think can beat just might? What I found, again, I just don't see a lot of early speed. I'm waiting for, like, a speedball to go after this horse. I, I, I just don't see it. Um, I suppose Cowan is the most likely horse to beat uh, Just Might. Is there anyone you're interested in here at all other than Just Might? The thing is, he he breaks so well. I mean, he breaks so well at the gate that he puts the whole field at a disadvantage chasing. And if you try to chase him, you're just not going to be fast enough. And nobody in here is fast enough out the gate to keep up with him. I do like a horse that's a little bit of a price underneath, and that's the three-horse seven cents for Carl Broberg. This is a horse coming off the um, Houston Sprint over there in Houston. I, I think this horse could go off at a decent price, and – you know, maybe he's the one in the exacta. Um, he's won a couple times at the fairgrounds on the turf. Uh, you're probably going to get more than eight to one on him just because of Broberg and people are going to see those claiming tags in his past performance lines. But, um, you know, Ray Lou, Ray Lou rides him back. He's won him a couple times here. He's been really close both, um, you know, three times in a row. He's like, he likes this track. You can see he's in good form. I think he's the price horse maybe to use underneath. 
people are going to probably use as a backup to um, just might if something happens, probably Toro strike or Pletcher. You know, this horse, you just don't know nothing about him, right? I mean, you can try to go on XBTV and look at his works, I guess, from out there at, at, in Florida. But, um, you know, it's a horse been keeping group three, group, group two kind of company um, overseas. He gets Lasix first time. He's a five-year-old. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could watch the board, but coming over to the fairground, shipping in, running on the turf here is a whole different experience. And I think, um, you know, I'd be surprised, but he's probably the only horse I would think just because he's a new face and just might beat everybody else in this field. Yeah, he, I think he's going to be too far back. I've, I think this, this feels a lot more of a prep. There, there's a race, and I don't have insight. There's one race that I have a feeling Pletcher would love to see this horse, and that's in the Jiper, which is the six furlongs at Belmont. On Belmont Day, I would think that, you know, that's a grade one. I, I have a feeling they'll be pointing uh, that horse, uh, this horse to that race. I'm, I'm just speculating, but I think this is going to be way too short for this horse. And uh, it looks like Just Might's going to win again. I'd love to see Level take Just Might like, to New York or in a real big spot because they've done such a great job with this horse. But I, I'd love to see this horse uh, as long as he stays in great form uh, to so, be really tested. Any final thoughts before we move on to the pick? Well, if Just Might runs well here, I can tell you he's probably heading to Dubai. Oh, oh, Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was actually I was I was thinking about that before we started the show. Like I wonder where they go with him. Uh, that's a six furlong race. That would be a tough I ask. Think it's a straight, it's a, I think it's a straightaway too, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I would be no disrespect to the connections. I'd be totally against Just Might in that situation, just because it's a hole or ball game. I don't think that actually half a furlong would do this horse any favors. But I understand why they're. I mean, why not take a shot? It's a. I think it's like a two million dollar race. I mean. How many big races are you know turf sprints are there in the country? Uh, I love it. I, I I love the 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 guts they're going to show there. Um, I would not be. I would I would be betting against them though personally. All right, let let's go to talk about the pick five. That's what everyone's here to, uh, for sure. Listen, about. as I go ahead uh, to race nine, I'm going to switch the screen there. I'm also going to go ahead and bring up our picks. Now I want to mention. Let me uh bring us both on screen i'm gonna take the pps off just for a second here uh ladies and gentlemen if you are involved in our podcast pool and if you're not why have you not because the podcast pool has been tremendous we have a lot of people have already bought into the pool and chad just let you know i'm, I'm a little uh i'm excited about this but the pressure is on uh the hhh racing podcast viewers and myself we are going to be playing a big i'm not gonna give a dollar amount but let's just say big four digit pick five ticket uh, using ABC ticket maker. So people are going to watch the show are going to be very interested. And I have the responsibility of putting the ticket together. So um, <laughs> I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm interested to hear your opinions on certain things. It's going to start uh, in race nine uh, with this first leg right here. So let's go ahead and bring back the uh, PPs here. Hold on one second here. All right, there you go. And we're going to see our picks on the bottom of the screen. H of course, Howard C Chad, uh, Chad, I don't know about great minds. You're great mind. Me, I don't know. That's that's up for debate. We're thinking pretty much alike here in the first leg. This is the uh, the Stall Memorial, hundred thousand dollars. They're on the turf. It's for the girls going a mile at a sixteenth. A lot of these ladies raced against each other uh, last month, but we do have some fresh faces. And you're going with one of the horses that ran uh, a little bit back, and that is Amiche for um, Sherry Devoe and Brian Hernandez. So let me, let me start by saying the Philly and Mare Turf Division here, um, especially going long in sprinters, just for the last four or five years, seems to always produce a price. 
Um, I don't know what it is, but favorites, especially usually turf races in general produce prices at the fairgrounds, but I really find the Philly and Mare divisions really produce a lot of prices. Just look at last month, past the plate, eight to one, gets up to win um, on the turf in the, in the, the race, um, the race that he comes out of the uh, Marie Krantz Memorial. You know, it yeah. just always seems to happen that way. I don't know why it is, but you know, you know, turf racing is all about trips, right? And past the plate, came on the outside, got up in the middle of the track and, and got up late. Um, the thing about it is these, these horses usually take turns beating each other. And I find that shippers have just as good an advantage um, when they come in. We've had some horses ship in and win this race. So um, it's certainly interesting. Um, I do like the Ada Miche. I think this horse is lightly raced coming out of the Pago Hop, which was a key race. I think they produced uh, a winner or two winners in a second, something like that out of the race. Brian Hernandez is Sheree DeVoe's go-to guy. Um, Amiche, I, I, she, likes the, she likes the race course here. And I just think being lightly raced, a lot of these horses are – Three for 14, three for 13, two for 14. You know, Abscon's down there. She's going to be probably second choice. She's two for 15. I Here's the stretch Amiche one of the last two. race. If you want to talk it through, Chad, Amiche is the four here on the outside, just getting uh, caught. Right. She gets caught. She gets caught. <laughs> she gets snapped off here, right uh, right close to the wire. And, um, you know, Brian, I, I, she ran hard. I mean, look, I mean, she's right in the thick of things, which is usually what these turf races are. Um, lovely rides, a nice horse for Brett Calhoun. Um, and you know, there she's right in the picture. I mean, she's fine. She's going to do well on Saturday. I think lovely ride. I knew they were high on it from Brett Calhoun barn. Um, she didn't show up in this spot, but, um, she was a lukewarm favorite that day. I think, you know, you're going to get between three and five to one. And I think she just improves. I think she just improves off that race and, um, going the mile and 16th here is not going to be a problem for her. Yeah, Brian I Hernandez like gets good trips, right? Brian Hernandez is a, a jockey that just seems to be in the right spot and get good trips, and that's what I'm expecting out of this one. I have her second. Um, I, she obviously could win. I think she's going to get a great trip. I have minor concerns about the mile of 16th. I, she, she, she's probably better in a mile, but Chad, you're a very excellent handicapper with experience. I love horses that are lightly raced. This is a newly turned four year old this year who certainly can improve off that buyer top of 86, but might need to do that, Chad, in this race also. Yeah, no doubt about it. She's, she's going to have to step up step up on the speed scale a little bit. Probably not much to beat this field, though, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Just a few more points probably beats this field. The, the other horse, kind of the long shot that wasn't, I guess, in the top three, um, is out of sorts. Gets a big jockey upgrade. Look, I mean, going no, nothing against Angel Juarez, but now Luis Saez is coming in to ride. This horse is getting blinkers, which um, I think is going to help out, bring this horse a little closer. And only, you know, only ran in three lengths behind the, behind past the plate last time. Um, it didn't have the best of trips in that race. Lovely ride was second in there by a head. Uh, there was a neck back, so it was a really close race. The blinkers go on. Um, this horse, I think, it, you know, with the jockey upgrade, maybe gets a better trip. And ran close to ran close to Miche two back, right, in a pigo hop. So um, that horse at 8 to 10 to 1 would be very interesting. I don't think you want to leave that one out. Uh, no, and this is the race we're talking about, by the way, past the plate is the 10 right here, folks, that won, uh, that race. We'll just show the stretch and you can talk about it, Chad past the plate. Who's the one in this race. So I think it's three to one. I think, I think more in line favorite, if I recall, uh, my top choice, this start was horrific. <clears throat> Excuse me. This start was horrible by past the plate and she was far back. We'll just go ahead and watch the beginning. You see, um, she gets bumped steadied right here is past the plate. I mean, this is a horrible start. She's it's much further back than she wants to be. If you had passed the plate here, you couldn't feel that good about it. Uh, and then, as you see, we'll go ahead and bring it into the stretch here. 
Um, she makes a big, wide, sustained run. So I'm going to go ahead and go a little bit further forward here. Here's past the plate here in the pink, making this big run. Here's Lovely Ride, who's the horse that just barely beat uh, Amiche. Um, here, you want to talk about the stretch runner at all, Chad, here? Right. Well, past the plate's on a good part of the track. And this has been the winning move here at the fairgrounds pretty much all meet. I mean, swing out, come down. There's a little bit of a turtle back there and in the middle of the track. And if you get on that ridge, it, it can carry you. And past the plate was on that ridge. I don't think that she was going to be back anyway. Maybe she wasn't going to be that far back. But she just grinded it down. And, I mean, you can see she gets up. It's a long stretch here on the turf, too. So, um, it, you know. I believe the seven was out of sorts. Is that correct? I think the seven, the seven uh, was on. out of sorts, right? Yeah, so there's out of sorts on the inside. Um, not a good track at all. No. Uh, listen, out of sorts is very interesting. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take this off. You must have read my mind. Let me go ahead and bring us back here on screen. Uh, for those of you that are going to be buying into the into the podcast pool, Chad, I, I think out of sorts is fascinating here. Uh, she's an A for me. I don't know if we're going to get eight to one. This is usually the kind of horse I don't like, Chad. These like dead closers who always like have trouble and just never get there. The Blinks on and Saez with a race that's wide open with a bunch of ladies that just continually beat each other back and forth. I'm fascinated with out of sorts. I don't know if the pace is going to set up, but I'm using out of sorts uh, as an A along with um, three others. I've actually got four A's in this race, Chad, trying to beat, you know, past the plate, who obviously can win, uh, but is no guarantee. Anything else in this race before you want to move on? Look, I got to tell you, I mean, the turf's going to be all, I mean, the turf rail's going to be all the way in. It's going to be at zero. Um, it's been out, I think it's out 12 feet tomorrow. Uh, the inside, there's been this notion, um, and you see a little bit of it on Twitter, but I've heard other people say too, oh, when they take the rail back down, the inside's good because the grass is good. That cannot be further from the truth, in my opinion. Um, the last two, I mean, I'm glad people think that because they start by the inside horses, but you just saw what Pascal Plate did, right? Outside, outside. The, the turf course isn't draining as good as it used to drain. Um, there's reasons for that that I won't get into, but I can tell you <laughs> when, there, when there's rain and during the week, that rain, it drains to the inside, okay? So that water stays there. And if you go on the turf course, even when we haven't had rain down here for two or three days, it's still a little soggy down there. So if horses don't get grab a hold of it, like turf horses like to, you know, to go fast track, it'll, it'll slow them down. And I think that's happened a couple of times, and you can bet these horses back. Um, you know, look, also, too, we're in New Orleans, right? We're below sea level. So that thing's kind of wet all the time. I mean, where the track is in the middle of New Orleans, we're below sea level. So... It doesn't take much to have water on that track um, and that sandy-based grass. So I think if you can, you know, and those jockeys who are from here know that. The guys who don't, you know, we've had last year a few outside, uh, you know, come from Florida. Oh, they yeah. stay, they stay in the ground, stay in the ground. They, they try to come up the ground. There's nothing, there's nothing for them. There's nothing there. So um, just be aware of that. The local jockeys kind of know the track a little better, swinging wide, that kind of trip. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to be on the inside. And later on, I can talk about another horse that was on the inside that we can get to that I think is going to run better this time around. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, you very briefly uh, talk about the weather. I heard you guys are supposed to get some uh, thunderstorms tonight, possibly. I know it's been uh, unseasonably warm and pretty dry this week in general. Obviously, a little moisture, more moisture in the turf could change things as well. I don't think I think the rain's just about done. Um, it oh, kind okay. of rained on and off today. Uh, I, I think if they wanted to. I've seen them run on the turf in in worse conditions than this. I mean, I, I don't know if they try to save it for a reason, but they didn't run on the turf today. They probably could have. Um, oh, okay. Jason Brayson off of that. They just took it off early. I don't think we got a lot of rain at all. Interesting. So I think it's still kind of dry. Um, 
you probably know, firm Saturday or good to firm it's, Saturday, it's, would you say? No, okay. They'll call it firm. All right. Let's go ahead on uh, to the next race here, race 10. Uh, this race is the mine shaft. Let me go ahead and bring, uh, sorry, I wanted to, there, this is what I want to do. There we go. Um, uh, use that screen there. Thanks to fairgrounds. Uh, of course we'll bring the PPs on in a second. Um, early thoughts about the mine shaft looks like a pretty wide open race. Toughest race in the sequence of the pick five, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I just think you, you got to get deep in this race. I mean, Mike and I were talking about it on the podcast. There's a million different ways to go. Um, you know, you say that and then, you know, Olympia goes off at two to one and then runs 105 buyer or something. But I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of horses in here that, um, that are very just rugged older horses. There's horses that have done really well at the fairgrounds here. And then you throw in the, the you throw in the, um, the, the ship ends because, Mandaloon and, and Midnight Bourbon are supposed to win this race, right? Well, they're gone. They're on their way to Saudi Arabia. So um, it's one of those deals where the two big horses are gone. So ship in and let, let's try to get some graded money for the other guys. And I think that you, you see that a little bit of that here. Um, but the ones that are based here, they're, they're tough older horses. So that's what just makes this a really good race. I think you got to – it's going to be tough to single or go too deep and get out of this race. Uh, by the way, question from – I'm not putting it on the screen. I'll just answer it, Chad. Uh, our viewer, Dean, Dean, again, thanks for joining the show. Wanted about Dawn's Dancer in the previous race. Uh, we don't, we, neither one of us liked Dawn's Dancer. Um, I don't know if you have a five-second opinion on Dawn's Dan or, uh, Dancer. Just to so, answer uh, Dean's question. Well, so here's the thing with some of these Florida horses. and I, don't, I haven't been able to confirm this. I know our horses at Fairgrounds that were going to Florida had the van 19 hours. I've heard that may come the other way too. They had the van in, but then I heard the other day that Pletcher's horses actually um, did find a plane to get here, which is a big difference, right? So of course, you know, I'm sure they got first class food and were uh, wined and died. <laughs> right. So I actually have a note on this horse. Did did she van in from? Um, that's a fascinating. That's a, that's a fascinating. That that's very interesting. You're saying obviously that could affect them. I mean, you never know, oh, right? I, yeah, I've talked to a couple of trainers about that, and they said, well, when the weather's good and if the horses are in boxcars and they can lay down, it's really not that bad. It's when you go from, you know, the climate really changes a lot and it's right. rough okay. weather when you do that. It's it, that, That's when it's bad. But really, it's kind of the same climate it's been. So I don't think it's that big a deal. But, no, Dawn's Dancer's done her best running at the fairgrounds when Christopher Davis was um, down here the last couple of years. She has a, a win and a, um, a win and, and out of two starts. So, I just think, you know, she's one of those horses that only has, like, one great stake start. It wasn't a real good one in Florida. She's two for 14. So, to me, that tells me, nah, she don't really like to win. But one of her two wins was here at the fairgrounds. So, um, Mikey D gave her some respect at 8-1 to one in the morning line. Jose Ortiz is riding. So, uh, you know, th there's a little bit to like there for sure. And like I said, th these Philly mares, man, they beat each other up on the turf. Yeah. Um, if you like Dawn's but Dancer, I'm not, I'm not going to talk you off of her. No. That's why I'm spreading in the first leg of, of our pick five, because it just feels like in the sequence, that's a spread. Uh, you're going with Olympiad. I'm a big fan of this horse. I, I'll, I'll give you the brief, my brief history with Olympiad, uh, Chad. Um, I loved, loved Olympiad on September 4th when he was a year layoff. He was working great, and he ran a 105 buyer. And if someone said, okay, Howard, Olympiad's going to run a 105 buyer off the layoff <laughs> at 7-1, to one, you're like, where do I cash my money and throw a big celebration? He ran into a horse called Baby Yoda, who, of course, had to run a 1-9,000 and has not come back to that race. 
Um, Bill Mott's got a real up-and-comer here, $700,000 Keelan September uh, sale buy. I thought got a sneaky bad trip in the cigar mile. It was really weird. We're not really going to talk about it in details. Last time, just completely blew out a very, very uh, weak field, in my opinion. So I'm not going to say Olympiad's overrated, Chad. I have him in second. Obviously, he can win. I think it's fair to say this might be the toughest field he's ever faced, and I'm including the Cigar Mile in that, too. It, it's definitely the deepest field he's faced. Um, you know, Cigar Mile race was, was, like you said, it's kind of sneaky good. It was it was good. Bill Mott knows how to win, win races, and he, he can ship it and win here. He's done it. You yep. know, it seems like he's done it at least once a year forever. Um, with uh, he, he picks the right horse. He knows the right horse to, to send this way and, and get it done. Um, you know, that allowance win was definitely impressive. Like you said, who did he beat? He probably didn't beat much, but um, he's deserving of three to one in the morning line. I think um, I think both he and Miles D are, are the two horses that you got to beat on paper to ship ins. But there's plenty of other uh, plenty of horses. I know they're really high on the six. Oh, Bezos. Um, you know, we talked about a little bit on the podcast. <laughs> if you look at the horses who have beaten Obesos, it's really a distinguished list. Um, he's only run behind. <laughs> the best of his class. Yeah. I mean, he's run behind Medina Spirit, Hot Rod Charlie, Mandaloon, Folsom, Proxy. And, and he's beating everybody else he's supposed to beat in the running lines. Um, he's training extremely well, according to the clockers. He likes this track. It's his home track. He winters here. But he needs a pace. He's going to need to set up. So he's not going to create his own um, – he's not going to create his own race up, up front. So he needs a little bit of the pace to back up to him to, to show his best. But uh, he's yeah. very intriguing with Brian Hernandez at, at 6-1. to one. I think you get a little bit more than that, to be honest with you, on Saturday. Uh, fans of this show know that I loved Obesos in the Derby. This was my long shot pick of the entire Derby. He actually thought I ran very well, ran a good fourth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I that that I couldn't believe he was forty to one. I mean, I used him in tries. Man, he didn't get actually. The fact he didn't get for third didn't matter because some knucklehead won the race. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> we won't get into that. Obesos is an A for me here, also, even though. He's not in my top three. I thought it was a um, a wide open race. You've got a horse also that you had second that I have also as an A, and I cannot believe this morning line, Chad. I don't know if the upside is there, but Silver Prospector got a brutal trip last time off the layoff, was wide the whole way. It seems like Rosario is just going to set a really good trip in here. I don't know if he's good enough, Chad, but everything tells me he's going to sit off a sprawl, Olympiad, anyone else, save ground. And if he runs his best race, I think he could upset this field. So there's a lot going on with Silver Prospector here. I think he was a little lost in the Asmussen Barn last year with all the good horses like Silver State and some of the other ones. He he doesn't really like the win. He, his last win was down at Oakland in the Southwest. And actually, he was entered in the Razorback last weekend, and he worked at Oakland. So I, I don't know what happened there as far as um, as Steve goes, but he was entered in the Razorback and ended up scratching, and they banned him back down here to um, to take a, to take a run here. He's worked very well, I can tell you that. My, uh, Mike Deliberto loved his last workout, galloped out strong. Um, we talked about that on, on a Fairgrounds Racing podcast this week. Uh, he's got the numbers for you, and I think I can't remember right now who he worked with, but it was a very impressive work, which kind of led me into um, throwing him in there just because he's going to be a price, and I think any, you know, this is a wide-open race, so I wanted to kind of talk about him, so I threw him in, in for second. Um, you know, He does get Rosario, which, which isn't going to hurt things either, so – um, yeah, he's definitely intriguing at, at that price. And you've got Happy American for third. I know you talked about him a little bit. Um, I, I'm a little bit against him. I'm going to be very honest. I'm using him very defensively. I actually bet the November 6th race when he won in a mile and a quarter. That was a very fast pace. It was not a real strong field. Um, he won impressively, but I think he was 
really benefited by the race flow, in my opinion. Last time, again, there was a pretty fast-paced uh, Chess Chief one, who's a nice horse. I don't know. To me, there's better closers in this race, and I think Happy American wants even further than this distance, in my opinion, Chad. But I suppose he can win, and there's also a viewer who asked about Untreated uh, for Pletcher, who's in really good form as well, another horse that I know you have on your pick five ticket that could win this race. Yeah, no doubt. You know, Happy American, I totally agree with you. I think the longer, the better with him. You know, it's crazy to say a mile on the 16th could be too short, but it really yeah. it really might be too short for him. I think so. Um, but the fact the long fairground stretch helps a horse like him um, kind of keep going and, 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 and grinding his way. Um, I can tell you, I think Big Dreaming is going to scratch. So, um, okay. You probably that, takes, that takes some potential. By the way, I don't want <laughs> I'm going to put ourselves back on screen in a second. I, the, the race that I liked big uh, – hold on a second. Sorry about that. I liked Big Dreaming quite a bit here. Uh, sorry, not here. Not in this race. Sorry. Uh, in his last race, I, I like Hernandez. I have no idea what he was doing that last race. When this horse looked like he should be on the lead and, and didn't, didn't even send. I was actually – I was using Big Dreaming as a C in this race because I think Loveberry is very aggressive. So that does take a little bit of speed out of the race because you think you, he would have had to ascend hard, right, from there? No doubt. Yeah, no, no doubt. He's, um, Catalano told me yesterday he's probably going to scratch up. But untreated, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a team dollar code. I think he's going to get a lot of play in this spot uh, just off those speed figures you see on the screen. Those 297s are, um, yeah. are, are, are up there. So, um, you know, it's Todd Pletcher. Pletcher has seven horses coming in for this day, which is yeah. a lot for him to, to bring down here. So I think he's trying to figure out where they fit. And, um, you know, they paid a lot of money for this horse. So I think they're going to, you know, give him a shot here. Yeah. And see what happens. Uh, he's talented, but he, he's unproven at, at the greatest stakes level. So we'll see. It, it, it's a completely, we'll show our pick five tickets at the end of the show. I know you think it's wide open. I think it's open, not quite as wide open as you do, but I think we both agree, folks. It's it's as much as we maybe like, actually, you don't have Miles D in the top three. As much as Chad and I like Olympiad and maybe Miles D, uh, there's a lot of others that can win this race. I think it's going to be a very trip dependent uh, race. So we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, the next race, Chad, and I'm going to go ahead and switch the PPs here, bring up a different screen. Uh, oh, you know what? I lost the – that's okay. I had the, the special um, – the, the, the uh, purple screen. That's okay. We don't need it. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put us just uh, side to side here. Folks, I've given out a lot of picks on this show. I've given out a lot of price shots over the last year. Some have been fantastic, obligatory, mischief. You can – everyone who knows the show knows that I've cashed with some, you know, uh, double-digit morning line horses. I've also missed plenty. That's the nature of the game. Chad, you know who I'm leaning to already here because we're going to talk about this horse extensively. I love, love, love a horse in here that I know I'm not going to get 12 to 1. I know you're interested in. This is the grade three uh fairgrounds this is basically the prep for the munez correct which is next correct. month which is the biggest turf race of the year let me go bring up our uh picks there we do have some similarities you're going with uh a new chad brown acquisition i talked to uh john g julie we believe it's pronounced Adhamo. this is um owned by michael deb Madcat stables i'm assuming this was a a private uh, purchase, really nice back form last year as a three-year-old in Europe. Yeah. So I've just, I've just, I've seen this movie too many times. Um, you know, these North American first time Chad Browns that come over here, get the Lasix and just blow, just blow our, our turf horses away. I mean, 
It happens multiple times a year. I try not to overthink it too much when I see a horse like this. Um, those guys know what they're doing when they go across seas and pick out these horses to bring back here. It's proven. It's a proven thing they do. European horses do well in this course here at the fairgrounds. I, I've seen a lot of winners um, with that kind of breeding. The Irish bred horses, it doesn't stop them here. Um, so, yeah, I put this horse on top, uh, you know, nine to two. I don't know. I think this horse definitely it might go off second choice. I don't think you get nine to two. But, you know, Chad Brown, Chad Brown, I can tell you what he said. Um, you know, he said he's sending Zandon down here and look at the rest of the card. He loves the distance of the race for this horse. Um, he feels the course might suit this horse. Um, he's not going to want rock hard ground as maybe Gulfstream would have. So he, he knows this racetrack here at the fairgrounds has a little give in it usually. Yeah. And, um, you know, he said he's optimistic about the distance and the course is going to suit him. And he's a fun horse to get started on the card. And he thinks the first time country horse, you know, first time in this country horses that come to their barn are popular and he's going to bring, bring them over here and give them a good account of himself. And if he wins, he'll be back next month for the Munez. I would not be shocked if this is the favorite. By the way, this nine to two You're is right. no, dis no right. disrespect to the morning line. Um, it, it, there's absolutely no way a fresh Chad Brown face from Europe with Ortiz on is going to go off at nine to two. Um, I'm going to say I'm slightly against him. Now, for everyone that has has invested into our race day blog, don't or excuse me, into our podcast pool, don't panic, folks. I'm using him. Okay, he's <laughs> he is a B as in boy. Um, I wasn't blown away with his workouts. He seems very one pace to me. Uh, of course he can win this race. I'm not telling anyone not to bet this horse, but a few things, Chad, in my opinion, you're not going to get the value, number one. Number two, this this is probably just a means to an end. I mean, I can't believe he is fully cranked, number two. Number three, he looks a little more one-paced. So even though he can win, um, I, I don't know. I'm not blown away by him. i got to be very honest. I've seen other Chad Browns, you know, coming from Europe that I've liked more. But this horse can win for sure. You've got the 11, who I know you and I talked a little bit, um, th you know, before uh, tonight about two Emmys, who, of course, upset the, the um, Mr. D field, uh, beat domestic spending with a glacial pace. But in his two races coming back, second and third, uh, once he wasn't even favorite. Uh, the other time he was barely. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with two Emmys. I... At first, I was against him. The more I think about it, because I'm against some others, um, I'm using him as a B also. He can win. He can win. And let me tell you, um, here's a few reasons why he could win. I, I, in full disclosure, I bet him today at Arlington um, at the big price. I loved him in there. Jimmy oh, wow. Graham loves this horse. I could say Jimmy Graham loves him. I bet him, I bet him that day, and I bet him when he ran against Colonel Liam at that price, too, at the fairgrounds, because we, we thought he could lose in the lead, and we had a whole box full of people just grinding away, trying to get him home. And I said, man, this, oh. this horse one day is going to win a race at big odds. And um, that happened to be later on in the summer. But so, you know, this horse has a lot of love from, from our group down here. Um, if you want to pull up the replay of this race, I can tell you why I think this horse is going to run better. You're talking um, about the Colonel Bradley? Yes, the Colonel Bradley. Um, that's going to be, you know what? I, I don't want to mess with too much. Um, I, I'd have to go on through you. I'd have to go through. I can't okay. click on, of course, as you know. I'd have to go through YouTube and everything, and I'd have to okay. switch screens. A little bit of a pain. I, I'm going to apologize to you that I'm not going to be able to do that. But if there's other races that are not from CDI tracks, that's a whole yeah. other discussion. I can easily yeah. bring it up through the PPs. But why don't you talk about that race a little bit so people who didn't see it. Right. So what happened, you know, Jimmy Graham goes to the, he goes to the lead and he kind of, um, when he turns for home, he kind of wants to go out and then 40, um, not 40 under halo again, kind of keeps him pinned in. 
And, and Halo, again, was close enough to where he had the opportunity to do that. And you see the horse. I mean, he's coming off the layoff. That might have a little something to do with it. I think um, Hugh Robinson said he was like one work short um, sure. going into this race. But he needed to run him, so he ran him. And he got down on that wet ground. And you see the track was rated as good. It was really wet down there on the rail that day. And he, okay. he, got, he stayed down there the whole time in the stretch. Yeah. And it, it took a while for those two horses to get by him. I think this time you can see him back on the lead. He's got an outside post. He might save ground down the backside, but you're not going to see Jimmy Graham make the same mistake and get pinned on that rail on Saturday. He's going to be more toward the middle of the track and second off the layoff. And another big thing I want to show, this horse had to carry 124 pounds last time. He's dropping six pounds going into this race. That's a great and point. A horse, and a horse that's going to be on the lead, dropping six pounds, that, that's, that's key to me. So um, he's an A for me in this race. I picked him second. He loves this track here. And um, – I can see him winning this race for old time's sake and uh, see what happens. Um, he's a strong B for me. What I mean by that uh, for people listening and for Chad, that means I might move him up to an A. It's going to depend on how the track plays and just my gut feeling and other things. Um, yeah, he can win. Uh, I think there's other speed in this race, though. So, uh, by the way, out of, out of sorts, who we talked about, was also on the inside on the, on the, on that turf when it was wet. Correct, Chad? So just going, I know we're tracking back, but it's important for our viewers to understand that if you are saying the inside of that turf course was bad on January 22nd, out of sorts was trying to come up the rail also that day, correct? That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, correct. All those horses you got to give it a look to next time around. All right. Are we, are we right? Oh, let's see. Is there another horse you have? Uh, sorry. Oh, you've got, you got my buddy. Let, let's, well, actually, neither one of us have Largent. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with this horse at all, Chad. I I find this to be a very strange spot. I mean, usually Pletcher keeps his horse down on the rock-hard turf course at, at Gulfstream. He was absolutely awful last time. I had Marcus Hirsch, by the way, on the show previewing that race. He liked him. I didn't. Mar Marcus is fantastic, though. He wasn't working great. He, 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 he uh, ran on the 8th, and then he, like, didn't work out for three more weeks and just i i know he's working well since i i don't know I, I i don't know what to do with largent i have him as a b right now you're obviously you don't love him either i'm not going to use him uh, if he beats me he beats me okay. Pletcher Pletcher's beat me many a times i'm not, it is what it is um but I, I don't think he's one of the ones that you really have to fear um in this spot so i'm going to take a stand with him I'd rather go with the three horse than you if i'm going three deep i'd rather have santine than, than Largent. that's just the way i feel um, but I'll go let you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have some glory here. Go ahead <laughs> well, glory now until Saturday, whatever time and the horse is up the track and I look like a complete fucking idiot, which wouldn't be the first time, but, but I'll tell you what, the, even in this business a long time, you're like me, we love, we have passion when you have, it's not only one thing that you like about a price when there's two, three, four things, I, I got to bet my gut and it's worked out with me before. Folks, let me try to sell you on Santine or Santin. Uh, actually, Dooley's not sure which one it is. First of all, the 12 to 1 is crazy. Um, I've heard some rumblings. This horse might be somewhere around, you know, 4, 5, 6 to 1. To me, larger two Emmys and the Chad horse, uh, Chad, all have to take more money. I mean, there's no way this horse is less than fourth choice. I would just be absolutely shocked. He looks slow on the buyers, okay? I, are you ready? Podcast pool people. As of right now, I know I've got a notebook here. You can't see it. As of this moment, Santine is our lone A. What? That's right. As of right now, Santine is our lone A. Let me talk about this horse a little bit. I won't talk too long. 
newly turned four-year-old, this horse will improve, number one. Number two, has been working lights out. And, Chad, I know we text, we uh, sent some emails back to each other a few days ago. Uh, I know you're an astute player of the game because you're like me. You watch XBTV replays. You have access to them. I know it's just workout, guys. This horse has been in behind horses and is just exploding in his works. And the last time he worked, he worked against two horses. The one that he, one of the horses he blew by, the name of the horse is Modus Operandi. Who's that? That is a nice allowance horse who came back and won. I don't know the buyer came back and won a nice race at Gulfstream. The other horse he was working with was a nice main horse, Caffrey, for uh, Brennan Walsh, who finished an extreme troubled second at Gulfstream. So he's working with live horses. But by the way, he blew by both of them. This horse has a fantastic turn of foot. To start his second start, Chad, when he was at Keeneland, I would admit I was against him. I was I'm going to go full screen here. I was like, why did Brennan, Hall, uh, Brennan Walsh start this Godolphin horse at Indiana Grand? I just thought it was very bizarre. I didn't know what to make of it. He won well, that I race. Tell, I, I could tell you why. There was no please there was no go, turf Please at, tell us why. There was no turf at Churchill. Okay, right. Okay, there you go. They were re, they were re, refurbishing the turf course, right? So it was right, under construction. Yeah. So yeah. I wasn't sure what to do with him. He won that race much easier than the 89. And by the way, Pine Knoll finished second, came back and won. So, so – uh, he's coming out of a live race. Now, the Hollywood Derby, um, I'm going to talk about just a, a little bit here as I bring up. He was in the 14 hole, okay? The 14 hole at, at Del Mar is very difficult. Um, we're not going to show the whole race here, but there he is actually going to the gate. You see the Dolphins uh, silks. Breaks fine. I'm just going to go ahead and move forward here. And what I'm going to show here was wide, okay? Was wide, I'd say, in the three or four path. You see Santee on the outside. And I think this horse, Chad, is going to be much better covered up based on what I've seen. So he's uncovered. You see he's he's sort of wide there in the 3-4 path. Obviously, today's field or Saturday's field is going to be much better. He's right there, and he's three wide. He has to be used a little bit to not be even wider than that. And sits a pretty good trip, but wide the whole time. Let's go into the stretch run here. Here he is right here. I'm going to freeze it right here. He's right here. Beyond brilliant, by the way, wires the field. This is a nice three, uh, now four-year-old filly. I love the reach of this horse, Chad. I look at look at the the way this horse reaches out. He's got a big stride. You can just you've seen a lot of races like I have, Chad. I love the visual hill here. He doesn't get there. I understand it. I don't think ground is going to be a problem at all. I think this horse has a chance to be a superstar in this division. I really believe in this horse. I think he's going to sit on the inside and get a great trip behind the speed i'll take six to one seven to one all day chad give me your opinions on sanson i think you're going to get six to one and i think here's why um you know he's making the first start he's coming up a little bit of a layoff he's facing older for the first time and there's some name horses in here like you said there's chad brown in here i'm gonna tell you a horse like a horse like major feds gonna take money off his 12 to 1 morning line you know he's got some turf breeding foley's horses take take money here um i know it's first turf for him but they got uh, Florent Giroux, I believe, is riding um, Major Fed. So yeah. people like to bet on people. Like, I just think the money's going to be so spread out. I really think you're going to um, gonna get a decent price on Santine. I, I really don't see him opening. He's not going to be one of those ones that opens up at 9 to 5 and, and maybe gets to 3 to 1. I, I don't see that kind of steam happening on him. Um, you know, but he, he's very impressive, I can tell you. I mean, said that he was 17 to 1 in that grade 1 Hollywood Derby. You know, Brendan Walsh told the uh, media department, he was talking to either Kilroy or, or Joe, um, he said the Hollywood Derby was his last chance to take on three-year-olds, so we said we'd send him out there, 
and I'm quoting Brendan Walsh here. Um, he was drawn, he was drawn 14 to 14, which wasn't ideal, but he ran a bang up race. He's a pretty good horse. And I think this is a good race to get his year started off. Um, he's a big growth horse. He said, and he's about as fit as he can be without running him. He said, they never stopped on him very long. He ran in California in the November. So he wasn't off for that long. He's working great. He did say he's working great. He's put in some nice works at Palm Meadows in preparation and, um, they expect him to improve on Saturday and Brendan Welsh said he's ready to go. So if you're confident, I mean, I, like I, I'm using him. I told you I'm using him too. No doubt. Um, you know, he, he can beat this field that there's no, there's no Colonel Liam's in here. Put it that way. No, I mean, Brendan Welsh is a pretty modest guy when he says he's pretty good. I think he's being a little coy there personally, not just cause I'm picking the horse. Um, Someone mentioned he got. By the way, Tyler G in the saddle. Someone mentioned uh, it was Charles, our, our our viewer mentioned he's a little bit worried about Santin getting stuck on the inside. I'm assuming Tyler is going to give us. I, I I trust Gaffleone. I'd love to see one of those inside kind of outside uh, trips. Oh. I I don't know. Uh, he won by the way a bit in between horses at Keeneland. And by the way, when he won at Keeneland, two starts back, folks. Forget that firm. That was not firm. I have no idea about that designation. That was the going stick. <laughs> the famous going stick at Keeneland was deeper. Um, I, I'm not concerned about anything about this horse other than he has to improve. Last thing I'll say, Chad, sorry to steal your thunder here, but mm-hmm. I got it back on my horse. Um, the reason why I got 91 or part of the reason is because it was a slow pace. I, I think I looked at the, um, I don't look at a lot of two other figs. I did look at uh, some other figs. And that last 91 is much better than it looks on paper. I mean, so I, I'm expecting this horse to jump up. I, I think he only needs to run 96, 97. I just, two Emmys doesn't have to win. I'm not a huge, huge fan of the Chad Brown horse. We both don't like Largent. I think this is the spot where you can maybe blow up that pick five. And when I say blow up, that 12 to one, if he wins at five to one, Chad is going to play much bigger, mm-hmm. much bigger oh, than no, pick no. five. Would you agree with that? No, I definitely agree with you there. And I can tell you, the, the guy who asked the question, he, I don't think he's getting caught in the inside because if you look at it, his debut, he was six wide. He comes running. I think they figured out this horse doesn't want to be inside. And that Hollywood Derby yeah. you just showed, he wasn't he wasn't inside at yeah. all. Um, I mean, he can get a little cover, but Tyler's going to kick him out. And the most important thing is in that work that we both watched, it was a three-horse work. Where was he? Yeah. He was on the far outside. So yeah, 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 he yeah. does he does his best running. I think Brendan Walsh knows he's going to run best when he sees daylight on the outside, and he's going to tell you know Tyler if he hadn't already you know don't get this horse bottled up, but let him let him run. I would recommend to people out there at least use this horse underneath. Okay, maybe this horse. I mean, listen, this horse is no like. I'm not saying this horse is a you know lead pipe cinch to win by three. I mean, I'm not crazy, but I just I love the price of this horse. I love his upside. I'm fascinated to see how Santon does in the fairgrounds stakes on Saturday. All right, Chad, we, we sort of, if he wins, he's Santa Claus to you, Santa. Oh man, I'll tell you what, that would, that would be tremendous for our pick five for a lot of things. I just, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how he runs. I want to see how he classes up. I just think this is a great spot for this horse. All right, let's move on to, I guess you could say the two feature races here. And Chad said he'd stay until, 8:30. So I apologize I'm for rambling. Well, I'm good. We're, no, Chad, we're good. I, we have a, we have like record number of people watching. Maybe you could stay another extra five ten minutes. I greatly appreciate no, we're good. it. We're good. Uh, we're this is this is the biggest card of the, the weekend, down, Chad. So. Yeah, the I'm kids sorry, aren't tearing the walls. The, ki- the kids aren't tearing the walls down yet, so we're good. No, nah, it's all good. I know you have two boys, I think. So hopefully they're doing well. Uh, um, and say hi to the family for me. Hopefully you get to meet them sometime. Um, this is the biggest card of the weekend. I mean, there's gonna be a ton of money uh, bet. Let's go to the Rachel Alexandra. 
Um, I believe John G. Dooley quoted nine of the last 25 Kentucky Oaks winners have come out of this race, which is unbelievable. I mean, the name speaks for itself. Rachel Alexandra, by the way, my favorite horse of all time. Absolutely number one. That that year that she had, to me, the best three-year-old season of any horse ever. I'm not exaggerating. I'm including Triple Crown winners. I love Rachel Alexandra. Hope to meet her someday. Uh, let's put our picks up on the screen, Chad. This is the penultimate leg, of course, of the pick five. It's race 12, excuse me. Um, we have some similarities, but some differences. You are going with a horse here that I got to be honest, I'm not sure what to do with. So I hope you can help me with this conundrum. By the way, it's a minus 16th, obviously restricted three-year-old fillies, uh, grade two, $300,000. This is also points, folks, to the Kentucky Oaks. So the Kentucky Oaks division, the, the, the girls are a really interesting division as well. Um, we should know, you know, we, we should give them no short uh, um, shrift as well. Awake at midnight, shipping in from the West Coast for Doug O'Neill. Mario Gutierrez, 7-2 for Redham Racing, your top pick. I can tell you this. I, I, we saw her on Wednesday. Um, Mike and I saw her. She was on the track with Slow Down, um, Slow Down Andy. Mm-hmm. And Doug, Doug O'Neill said she looks like a colt. And he's right. She looks like a colt. <laughs> um, she's, she's big, boy. She's nice. They wrote, a, they wrote a nice check for her. His brother, Dennis, who does a good job. Um, Dennis O'Neill picks out, picked out this one. Um, Doug O'Neill said she's got first round draft choice type talent with physical physical <laughs> qualities, and she does. Um, he said she's tough. She's training really well. She hasn't disappointed at all. It's a deep race, but he, he expects a. He almost sounded more excited at this horse than what he did at his um, contender in the Risen Star. So, hmm. I, I'm a big Doug O'Neill fan. Um, when he ships, he ships to win. He's not scared to ship his young horses anywhere in the country. Um, obviously hot rod, Charlie was a big winner down here last year. Um, and I, I think she's going to be forwardly placed. I think she has the right style, um, to, to be close up. And if she's good enough, she's good enough. Uh, I just don't, you know, watching her races and watching her workouts, I haven't seen anything in this field kind of like her. So, um, I like her. I really do. I have one concern and, and please, please alleviate, alleviate my concern because, uh, uh, I don't, I don't, I do not have her as an A right now. She's the five. I thought she should have won this race. So there's two things happening here to me, Chad. Either Awake at Midnight might not quite want the distance, or I'm underestimating the ability of Under the Stars. Here's Awake at Midnight here, the five in this race. She ranged up. Boy, she looks like she's a winner here for sure, Chad. And Under the Stars fights back on the inside. I just. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just you know not being very kind to the horse here. Maybe under the stars is just a real thing. But I don't like this finish here. Like you just I don't know. This was seven. Granted, it was a much faster pace. Um, right. The gallop out was like nah. Do you have any distance concerns at all with this horse? No, I think she's going to improve with distance. I think okay. she wants to go further. No, I think okay. I think she wants to go further. I think um I think under the stars is a freak to be honest with you, and I think she's a okay. freak sprinter. Um. So the, I just think that the fact that Awake at Midnight got that close to her in, in a sprint race is probably kudos. I mean, it was six and a half lengths back to everybody else. Okay. Um, so I, I think she's going to want more ground, and um, she's got she's got the she's she's got the sprints out of her out of her way, and I don't think she's going to be sprinting anymore. I think Doug wants to keep stretching this horse out and see what he's got. So I, I don't think that's a problem. I, and the gal, I mean, it's a it's a different race, a seven furlong race on Mile 16. It's going to be a different kind of pace setup, but. Um, the fact that she was able to stay close even in, a, in, a, in those wicked fractions over there, 
I think that's going to play well here at the fairgrounds because the whole meet, you you want to be forwardly placed here. You don't want to get too far back in these classy races. And I don't think she's going to be too far back. I think she's going to set a pretty good trip. I don't mean to be jumping back and forth there. I wanted to use Thank those you. banners because it's a, a wide open field. Uh, there is other speed in this race, so I don't think she's going to be loose, uh, you know, by any means. But she's obviously a player. I have her as a B, as in boy, right now. I might move her up. We'll see. Uh, you have the four, a horse coming off a layoff that I've seen run a bunch of times. Dream Lift. This is for uh, Diodoro and Vasquez coming off the uh, a win in the Goldenrod, which I thought was a, uh, a little bit of a weaker field uh, than this one for sure. Um, but he, uh, she's working well, and Diodoro knows how to get a horse home for sure. And this horse has been here the whole winter. Um, you know, I think they picked this spot out right after the Golden Rod was over with it. This is where they wanted to, this is where they wanted to go. So, um, you know, it got close to being, according to Diodoro, it got close to being whether it was going to be this race, you know, who's going to be here or Oakland next weekend and having to face Secret Oath and those, those kind of horses over there. And I think just the opportunity to run out of her barn here was an uh, opportunity he couldn't pass up. So um, he's going to leave her first off the layoff right out of here at the fairgrounds and see what she's got. Uh, I think she's, um, you know, Deodoro says she's grown up and she's put on weight and she looks good. The last couple of works have been very impressive. And the clockers told me her gallop outs are really well. I mean, her gallop outs are really good. Um, so, you know, she has to come from a little bit out of it. I, I, I get that. Um, you know, I think she's going to be closing. And I think the fairgrounds long stretch is going to help this horse, whether she gets there or not, you know, that that's going to depend on the pace up front. But um, I could see her definitely getting a piece of this race. Okay, so look for her to come from the back of the pack. By the way, um, do you see Awakened Midnight on the lead? Do you think she can just sit off and go by? I think from the nine hole, I think you're going to see her. You're going to see her get by. I mean, Lacrette's hand, hand's kind of forced being down on the rail. Yeah. Um, you know, Rosario kind of has to go. You don't want to lose position when you, when you break with it. And Rosario's smart. He knows. I mean, so her, her it's going to be – she's going to go to the lead. I mean – she, she just kind of has to. So I think I think a week at midnight is probably going to sit off of her. Yeah, and by the way, look, that's going to take uh, way too much money for my liking. I don't like her at all in this spot, especially with him awake at midnight and some others breathing down on her in a much tougher field. All right, Hidden Connection. You have her in, uh, uh, sorry, third. I have her on top. I know it's sort of the moto obvious. I, I, I get it. Um, from what I understand, Calhoun said she's, what, 80%, 85%? I read I think if she's that, she could still win this race. What I really like about Hayden Connection is two things. Number one, um, I, I don't mind the 11 hole. I know it's not ideal for some people, but I think she's sort of a free-running filly who prefers to be on the outside. The Breeders' Cup was an absolute disaster. Toss that out. Raylu knows this horse. If she's 85 90% ready, she's going to set the same kind of trip I think she's sad in the Pocahontas. I don't think she's going to win by nine. I don't know. I have her on top. I think she's definitely the horse to beat. No, she is. And look, the clockers, the clocker said she's training the lights out. And I mean, the lights out. Her gallop outs are great. She's doing it very professionally. Um, I can tell you, they don't think she's 85%. You know, they, they think she's the real deal. So oh, oh, the um, clockers. Yeah. Yeah. The clockers, the clockers, okay. the clockers really like her. They don't think she's going to be short at all in this race. Um, mm. Brett, you know, Brett, you know, the people that know Brett, he's not going to, to <laughs> he's not going to tell you, go bet your money. Um, but he's very coy and he, he's a hell of a trainer. Um, his horses run well and he's, he spots them well and the guys won 3000 races. So, um, yeah. you know, he, he, he's going to go on record and he's going to say all the right things and he's going to tell you, they got the whole year in front of him. That's all true. But Brett likes to win stakes races at the fairgrounds. It's his home track. Um, he gets a lot of business here. He, he has owners. Um, 
the owners of this horse are coming in. I think um, I heard Jake Ballas is going to be in town. Um, so they're coming here. And, and I think they got a really good shot at, at getting their picture taken. So, um, you know, we got the owners here for this horse. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a big, fun group, I heard. <laughs> so I got to meet this by Saturday. They, so. they are going to have I, – I, I know Jake a little bit. I've talked to him. I met him in person. That group is going to have a lot of fun. Make sure the beer is flowing. Uh, that That's a real fun – uh, a group out there. They're going to have a great time. There's no question. The black type thoroughbreds, they know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I give this horse a big shot. I mean, she, she's going to be on all my tickets. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking I, to beat her. I just want to mention one other horse real quick. Then we'll get to the risen star and then we'll close out the show. Divine Huntress. This horse is fascinating. I don't know if she's good enough. She beat no one. Okay, folks. And I, I, I we don't have time to go through it. She beat no one last time, but there's a few big butts. I'm assuming this is a private purchase for eclipse because she was not in those same silks last time, Chad. I'm, you probably have some intel that, that we could – we're not going to get into it. But I think this is a private purchase. Eclipse is not going to just purchase no one. Um, she looks like she's got a lot of upside. Uh, the dam – by the way, uh, the second family house buster. Love seeing that name from back in the day. He was actually a great sprinter for you younger people out there. But um, I wouldn't be shocked if Divine Huntress runs a big race. Is she good enough to win? I don't know. I'm using her. I think she's fascinating. And Grab Motion, I don't know how you could say a, a trainer like of his stature is underrated. I still think he's underrated. Like I, I you still get prices on Grab Motion. It's crazy. You anyway, do. I just want to. I mean, she she could run a big race, Chad. No, she could. I mean, it's a stakes debut. She's got to she's got to get better. She's coming in from Tampa. I, I'm a little little confused why they just wouldn't stay at Tampa and run her through the the, the series there. Why, yeah. Why come here? Um, I don't know. I don't have to answer that question. That could be an owner's decision. I don't know. Sure. Um, so, you know, obviously it's a private purchase. Um, you pay money for these horses. You're not putting them back in a, a second level allowance. You're no. going to try them in a stake. So I, I don't know really what to do with her. I, I think I'm going to take a stand against her just, okay. just because of the ship and all that. Um, that that's kind well, of that was the other thing. They could put her, they could put her in N1X, right? And they decide to go here. So that, that, that shows you a lot of confidence, you, you would think, right? I mean, right. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Uh, Chad, before I, if I don't have a chance at the end, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. You came on and you can have some great intel. Let's talk about the big one, folks. This is the Risen Star. You see it. Uh, let me put it on the screen. Actually, let me bring up that banner that I really want to have on. There it is. I'll go full screen. Uh, the Risen Star, grade two. This is the first uh, 50 point race for the Kentucky Derby points. So there's a lot of points on the line. Whoever wins this race, Chad, basically is getting to the Derby. And the way the, the way the point nonsense is going right now with the Baffert situation, it's going to take a lot less points as of now to get in. So even if you finish second, you might almost guarantee your spot in the Derby, which is crazy. A lot of horses that you see on the screen here, folks, um, are highly regarded in terms of their future pool. Uh, Chad, as we see, the, what's your overall impressions, quick impression of the Risen Star before we get into details? Well, I think if you're a horse player, you got to pay attention to these preps in Louisiana and Gulfstream. And you said it, it's just because of the Baffert reason. I mean, this could be a year where the Kentucky Derby, and I'm not even exaggerating, could have 12 horses, 11 horses from Florida and Louisiana just because of the point system. And like you said, um, a third place here, I mean, if a, if a horse like Papa Cap or or the epicenter runs third. That's enough points to get you in the Derby right there. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's this could be a Derby of like no other. If Baffert doesn't have a horse in there, there's going to be a lot of Florida and it could be a lot of Louisiana horses in the Derby. So, um, you want to pay attention to these races and how they come out. Wow, you, pay, <laughs> you go straight across. <laughs> right. I just thought I'd throw it. You know, 
I, I, I was not too familiar with Chad before this last week. To no, sorry, Chad, not to, to be very honest, but um, I, I listened to a lot of his podcasts. I'm sure it's vice versa too. Uh, I listened to a lot of his podcasts. I completely respect the way you go about you know handicapping. I know you you've been around horses a long time. When I saw this, I saw your picks. I actually sort of felt good because um, someone of your stature, we sort of think alike. It's nice to have someone that thinks the way you do, whether you're right or wrong. I thought Epicenter ran lights out last time. I mean, so much better. I'm going to have to uh, refresh the screen. Sorry. So much better than it looked. I don't want to steal your thunder. Epicenter, who 4-1 to morning line, Steve Asperson, ran a bang-up race for the LeCompte, broke my heart as a single in my pick five that day when Call Me Midnight came over the top. What do you like about Epicenter in this race? Well, I can tell you, Steve really thought he was going to win the last race. Um, he was very confident. I talked to Steve this week. Um, he he didn't – he thought he had him tight enough. He thought everything was going to go his way. Epicenter just went too fast, and he got hooked into a speed duel yeah. where, um, you know, just – if you want to really look at the numbers of it, Pioneer Medina um, ran an allowance race on LeCompte Day. Look at those fractions and look at the fractions of LeCompte. It was crazy fast yeah. how much Epicenter ran – he was literally five lengths, maybe more than five lengths faster around the track than Pioneer Medina was in his allowance race. So he did go fast, and, and he hung around. He kind of flipped Papa Cap off. Papa Cap came right up to him with a perfect trip. He disposed of him. Yeah. Papa Cap never got even, never even got past him in the gallop out. And Colby Midnight little, literally hit the wire. And Keith Sormo said this to me. Keith's a, Keith's a realist. I mean, he knows. Colby Midnight hit the wire and almost like just said, I've had enough. Um and, and you see Epicenter just galloping out in front of everybody like, Geez, Yeah, he galloped out past called me midnight. I remember that. Which, p- which pissed me off even more. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, had it, I liked him that, that, that night too. So, I don't know. I, I think he's, he's going to a tougher race. He's going to have tougher horses to deal with. But to be honest with you, I think he gets an easier pace up front. Um, I don't think he's going to have the speed he had to deal with before um, in the LeCompte. And I think he gets an easier trip, and that's why that's kind of my reasoning on why I put him on top. Um, yeah, I think these hometown horses have a little bit of an advantage as three year old, and in these races, that this is a mile and an eighth, right? And the way he yeah. galloped out, he's going to live mile and eighth. That's, I have no problem with that. You just see a lot of horses struggle in the stretch here, and if they have to do too much in the stretch, they usually don't get it done. Call me, call me now, obviously did. I mean, he just made that sustained run the whole way through. Um, yeah. But I think that was common. I'm, I'm just going to chalk that up as, hey, good job, Call Me Midnight. You beat everybody, or maybe you didn't. Some people did like Call Me Midnight. Uh, and so, you know, congratulations yeah. to them, obviously. But um, I just think Epicenter is the goods. I think he's a nice horse. And yeah. truth be told, I do. Have, I bet him the week. I bet him in the first Kentucky Derby pool before Thanksgiving, and wow. uh, a 54 to one on him. So oh my! I only have two tickets. I only have two two Derby tickets. One's Epicenter, and one's Trafalgar. So, um, and I and I. Wow. I grown to really not like Trafalgar now. So I guess <laughs> it's kind of like whatever, but um, yeah. So Epicenter, you know, we're going to follow him and see what happens. And I think he's going to run a big race. He's going to run a big race on Saturday. Um, I have full disclosure for everyone. I, I've mentioned on my show already. So people already know this. I, I have half that price on Epicenter. I bet him in pool two at 27 to one. I think 20. So I have Epicenter 27 to one in the Derby. Um, and I actually liked Trafalgar last week, by the way, or last month. Um, didn't quite work out, but I, I actually thought he was interesting in the rate in the LeCompte anyway. Um, and I, I think you're going to get four to one. I, I really do because there are some other horses we got to talk about. These two potential monsters, uh, have a big shot to win Zandon and smile happy. We are both going with uh Zandon third smile happy. 
seven to two, there is no, 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 no. <laughs> no way. This horse is getting buzzed like you wouldn't believe. I, I think this horse can be like nine to five. I say Mike's, nine to five. Mike's a great morning line maker. What Mike isn't is a social media icon. So <laughs> Mike, Mike doesn't have Facebook. He doesn't have Twitter. He don't listen to podcasts. Nah. The guy's all about horse racing, right? But um, he's made morning lines for 30 years. He knows what he's doing on paper, but he don't hear the buzz. He don't yeah. hear the – he watches the workouts, and he'll, he'll, he'll tip you off on a morning line to a first-time <laughs> starter. He, he will do that. He, he's as honest as they come. He doesn't try to hide anything. But – he don't hear the he don't hear the noise. So smile happy to him. You know he saw he sees that the horse has never been favored before. Probably he sees you know three to one, four to one. So I think that has something to play. You know he don't see he don't go look at the workouts where they work it out in Florida. So that that's just Mike. I mean he's you know he's old school. So <laughs> yeah. that's why I think some of these times you see the morning line these horses get bet down like oh this horse was five to two he goes up at eight to five. That's a hype thing, right? I mean, everybody knows favorites get hyped up off a number. So, anyway, no, but I agree with you. This horse at two to one, I think that's where he's going to be, if not lower. Yeah. I, listen, l- let's suppose back on screen. Smile happy can win. Okay. He Absolutely win. can win. But, but exactly. you know, and, and this jockey club, um, the grade two, the jockey club, the Kentucky Jockey Club, sorry, has come out very live race. It's been talked about ad nauseum. Any big racing fans know you have White Abario come out of there, call me. But the horse is still off a layoff. He still has to do it. It's a big field. Right. I just, this is, I, I've got I've got him as an A. I mean, I'm not stupid. But to suggest this horse is going to, like, win the Derby for sure and is, like, the next best thing, like, we don't know yet. I mean, I, I think this horse is getting too much love, in my opinion. And then Zandon, boy, I could talk for an hour, but we don't have that time. I swear, I swear on my my parents' grave, when this horse won his maiden, I meant to bet this horse in the first Derby pool at seventy to one. I'll admit, I just flat out forgot. It was just, I had a busy day, I didn't do it. And then when he ran the Remsen, I'm like, oh my goodness. And now he's like a buzz horse. Um, I think he's going to be pretty far back. I, I think he's going to be much further back than it looks by his two runs, which were very slow paces. Um, I think he's going to come from pretty far back. He's got a really nice late kick. Um, this is Chad Brown's best hope by far to win the Derby. I think he's really talented. No, I agree with you. Um, Smile Happy, he's just – he's – how do I say this? Um, one of these horses out of this race has to lose, right? I mean, they can't all come back to win. But yeah. that, that's that's what happened so far. So if you're playing the odds from, from, the, from that perspective, <laughs> I, I, I just think – Everything sets up for him here. I mean, he's got a good post. There's going to be speed going in front of him. Even, you know, it's not crazy LeCompte speed, but there's going to be speed up front. And, you know, maybe everybody says, well, he got both. He's had great trips two times. Guess what? Great horses, good horses make good trips, man. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And he's going to get a pace set up. Um, he's training just lights out. McPeak, McPeak's done a good job with this horse. But, yeah, you're right. He has to do it. He has to prove it on the track. I just think he gets things his way again. I think he can trip out in this race. And um, this is the race he's supposed to win. But I'm with you. I, I mean, if this race, this horse goes into the Derby as the favorite, uh, you know, I'll be taking loans out to bet against him. I just McPeak and Larry and Derby. I just, I was just, I would have to do that. But um, this race, he, 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 he certainly is the most likely winner on paper. Um, and, it, and and to be honest, with you, it's not really because of the Kentucky Jockey Club. I just think he's a good horse. He's going to close. He's going to sit, sit pretty close to the pace. I don't yeah. think he's going to be that far back. And. He, he can kick them all down. Um, Epicenter is going to be tough to get by. Epicenter will be tough to get by. But yeah. if Smile Happy's right and he's he's peak so confident, um, it could be those two. I, I just see it, those two coming down the stretch and having a great stretch duel. And like I said, Zandon, if he had a little more tactical speed, I'd probably say he could be right there. 
but I do think he could be the wild horse, right? He could be the horse that you just don't know. He could throw a huge number, and Chad Brown's been very confident. Yeah. He talks confident about this horse. He could be the wild horse that then runs away from runs away from you, seeing just come flat by. So those three, th- those are the only three I'm using, and I'm using Zandon kind of the B plus B level. But my A horses are, are just more happy at represent. I was I was just gonna. Well, I'll get to my question in a second. We got to mention Papa Cap before we end the show. Um, I'm gonna put us both on screen. I'll be the one to say it. Chad and I are completely, completely against this horse. I could not be more against this horse. Uh, he might drift up in four to one. You already mentioned we don't even talk much longer. This horse has gotten dream trips every single time he's run. Last time, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, the American Pharaoh. And you know what? He might get another great trip from the rail. I was really hoping Thank he'd you. get an outside post so I wouldn't have to worry about having a bad beat with Papacat winning with a you know with a perfect trip. <laughs> he just does not pass horses. And I think he's totally overrated. Chad, please please back me up on this. <laughs> I, I hear you. I mean, at Brewers Cup Juvenile, nothing's really come out of there to impress you. Uh, no. He ran great that day. I bet on him that day in the Brewers Cup Juvenile. So um, I, I had a little bit. I like this horse. Um, but LeCompte, you know, he trained okay. He was training decent um, going into the race, according to according to the clockers. And he's come back and he's trained okay again. And I think he's yeah. one of those horses that um, he's a little precocious, you know, as, as being a gun runner early. Um, and he did his running early. Those gun runners, they're going to develop later too. I mean, gun runners develop later, and you hear Steve talk about that kind of all the time. I think right now, just these other horses are passing him by. Um, if he if he wins, congratulations, he, you beat you, you get beat. But um, yeah. he's going to get a good trip again. I, Bravo did nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong on him. I don't know you yeah. pull Bravo off, but you know Gaffleone's a good rider. But he's going to get. I think he'll get a good trip again. I just don't think he's as good as the other ones. I, I agree. I mean, I'm going to use him as a C, like very, very defensively, because if I'm alive to a, if not me, but my a lot of viewers who are joining on my podcast pool here, if we're alive to like a two, three, four thousand dollar ticket, and this horse wins, you know, I'm going to go insane. I'm going to disappoint a lot of people. So we're going to use him, but I just, I got to say, I, I against him. All right, let's get to our pick five here. Here's Chad's pick five. We, Chad, what's funny here is we both. I usually do a ticket under a hundred. But you'll see my ticket, like, it's hard. Like, we just couldn't uh, – neither one of us could do a ticket under 100. Chad, very briefly, you, you got some balls here, sir. You are singling Amiche in the first leg. You're going very deep in leg two. Just very briefly talk about this ticket. Right. So, the pick four ticket costs you the exact same thing. But <laughs> the next Good race. point. <laughs> so, that's kind of my thinking, right? You know, single Amiche, try to get out of that race. And if you are, you don't have to make a pick four ticket. There you go. You have it. Um, that's kind of was my, my, my thinking when it comes to that. Um, I, I do, but I do love him. I'm not just picking a Miche on top just because I'm picking one horse. I do like that horse. Um, I think she's going to run a huge race off the Pago Hop. So I did single her. I spread pretty deep here. Um, if I could use Dahl, I probably would. Uh, but you know, you I, I don't think you need to use the California horse, and I, I don't think you have to use the other one in there. So I just kind of I threw the rest of them in there. Um, it's a three six. Chad, I'm sorry. Let me just read off your ticket because we people are gonna be listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, yes. like your show, and can't see the screen. Chad's oh, ticket true. eight. He's singling the eight with one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, ten, with three, six, ten, eleven, with two, four, nine, eleven, with five, eight. Again, that's eight with one, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, ten, with three, six, ten, eleven. Two four nine eleven five eight. Are uh, you just going too deep on the end? So Zandon could beat you if you were to play this ticket. Then, correct, correct. Yeah, yep. but I'm going to have something ending on Zandon, whether it be a pick okay. three or, or double something in that of regard. Course. But if, I, I just left it at two. I think if you use um, 
the next horse is probably 192, maybe something like that. So, um, sure. in that in that range, uh, 60, whatever, 64, that was 64 dollars. Right. So, um, yeah, that that that's it. I think you can get away maybe with Smile Happy and Epicenter and, and feel pretty confident. Um, Zandon certainly one that I would I would throw in if you want to if you got a 200 dollars budget for sure. Uh, here's my ticket and Chad, feel free to rip on this or say it's decent. I, I thought, here's my feeling. The first two races I thought were completely wide open. I just, I don't trust past the plate in the first leg. I'm trying to find a price. And again, for those of you that are, have already bought into the podcast pool, this is not, this is not the ticket we're playing. We're playing a much, much bigger ticket and it's an ABC. But if I were to play a cheap, a cheaper, Sorry, no disrespect to people with smaller budget. A cheaper caveman ticket. I'm one three four seven eight ten with one two four five eight ten with three eleven with eleven with five seven eight. My single of the sequence would be hidden connection. My personal opinion, Chad, if I had to pick one horse that's the most likely winner of the sequence, I think is hidden connection. Would I be like super duper confident? No, but there's just too many other variables and a lot of other races. So I we're going to be very spready in our podcast. We'll pick five in the first two. I absolutely love Santon. Obviously I do like two Emmys. I'm just against the Chad Brown Euro a little bit. I'm, I'm definitely against Largent. I would have, you know, single hidden connection on a smaller ticket. And then it's pretty much five, seven, eight. I would throw some others like Papa cat, maybe a few others as C's um, on the, on the uh, ABC, but uh, any thoughts on my ticket, Chad? You got to get it started. And uh, usually these turf races, Joe Krispak and I joke about it because I, I usually, when I do hit pick fives, it's usually because I have all on the turf and I'll single and go short in dirt races. <laughs> and it, it's come out good. Here at the fairgrounds, it, that that strategy actually works because um, turf races do produce prices here. Yeah, so yeah. Um, just keep that in mind. I mean, I, I did the Michi thing just because of the way I structured the ticket for, for this sure. outing. But, um, you know, I think Hidden Connection is a good single. I, I, if you like Santine, if you got a big opinion on Santine, then don't waste another leg on on a on a, on a Adamo or you you know what I'm saying like make it make it make it worth it. I mean that this is the game of if you're going to win money in this game, and I have plenty of guys, older guys, tell me this, and a guy like Paul Matisse, who I'm friends with, he says this all the time. He's like, when you're right and you got right opinion, you got to make it hurt, make Absolutely. it hurt because that's the only way we could stay in this game is uh is, you know doing it every day. You got to make it hurt when you have a good opinion and make it right. So. Um, yeah, that's these pick fives can make can make can make the next couple of months if you hit one of these. And just one more comment, then Chad. Again, we'll we'll let you go and finish the show. When you're playing a big pick five, for all those that are listening, and I'm sure there are many of you that are listening and have bought into our podcast pool where I'm making a big pick five play. You have to get value, guys. You can't just take chalk after chalk as your A's, even even though we're going to try to hit it multiple times, Chad. To me, the last two races, I'd be very surprised there's a price. It's either Hidden Connection, maybe Awakened Midnight, maybe the four, maybe Dream Lift and the five, I mean, maybe, but probably not. Um, and then the last leg, I'd be shocked if it's not one of the top three. So right. where are you going to get value, right? I mean, to right. me, you're going to get value in the first three legs. And mm -hmm. you can definitely get value, in, to me, in the turf race where there's horses I don't trust. So, you know, signaling a 12 to 1 as a lone A, I mean, I'm going to have other horses, is ballsy and risky. But you got to get prices somewhere, and if you can get that horse home, and he's not going to be twelve to one. If we right. can get that horse home, boy, does that really bump up our ticket a lot? No, I agree. I agree, and it, it's um, and you know, on these big days, I just want to mention this too. Uh, we like to talk about pick fours and big fives. Man, the doubles and exactas on days like this pay really well. 
pay really well. And, and, and you know, yeah. not Breeders' Cup well, but you can if you really like a sand in, sand peen type of horse, man, single that horse into double backwards and forwards, and, and see if you can catch a you know sixty seventy dollar double, maybe even more. Um, that's where you can make good money at. Um, don't just um, you know, put all your money into pick four, pick five, and you, you go four for four and you're sitting in the last leg and you, and you lose and you go, man, I had four winners on the card. What happened? You know, save a little $4 double here, $3 double here, uh, $4 exact the box here. You know, that, that those are the type of hits that will keep that bankroll going for you throughout the day. And last thing I'll say before we close out the show, um, I've now looked at the early part of the card. I'm a full-time school teacher, Chad. I have to get ready for the show. I got a lot of things in my life going on. Um, but I did, I, I glanced at it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, five of the first six races on Saturday are main races, but they, they are main special weight with high priced horses, great connections. You don't have to bet those races, but if you want to see like maybe a future star, Chad, the earlier races are definitely some fun horses to look at. And also you can see how the track plays. Uh, is there any horse, uh, in the early first six that maybe just name one horse with great connections or a big price tag that you think viewers would be interested in watching. So here's one is a big, I don't know how big of a price tag. I haven't looked at the morning line actually for race three, but there's a turf race and uh, your guy, Brendan Walsh has a turf router in here, not Santine, but it's another turf router. Um, it's a horse called mass patrol. Um, it's for allied racing. Tyler's going to ride this one too. Has a turf sibling winner. Here you go. Yeah. So I think, um, <laughs> what is he on the morning line? Eight to one. Okay. Eight to one. Okay. So and again, Keeland uh, to fairgrounds, similar sort of, you know, mm-hmm. path as Santon. But just look at who the horse is run behind. I mean, he's run Crazy. behind some really good horses and he's got some turf breeding. Uh, they get him on the turf now. He's working really, really well here at the fairgrounds. Um, I think, uh, I think this horse is a little muddied up in his PPs and I think he's going to like the turf. And, um, He's kind of my price play early that I'm going to kind of key off of. There you go. Mask patrol in the third race. Uh, Chad Chuck Snyder. How did I do with that last name? Um, Nailed it. Nailed it. Man, I'd love to have you back. I love I, you're like me. We just love chatting about horses. We had a great number of viewership uh, on the show tonight, watching live with great questions. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter and any uh, closing thoughts before we let you go? Yeah, so uh, no, Howard, appreciate it, man. Anytime you want to have, anytime you want to chat, you know, shoot me a text or whatever. Um, you Terrific. know, at the track, I'm at the track on the big weekends, but I appreciate you, uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm at Shex Nola. It's on the screen right there with my Twitter handle. I post all the podcasts on there. Um, every now and then, I, I'm not a big post picks guy, or post tickets guy, but um, you know, if I see something in the paddock on these big days, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll tweet it out. Um, so I might do that a couple times on Saturday. I just kind of forget about it, but. Um, no, I mean, that, that's kind of about it. Uh, if anybody comes into New Orleans, um, come find me. No, no places to go and, uh, and hang out. And um, it's, it's a fun time down here. So if you get a chance to make it to the fairgrounds, it's a great track. Um, we have a lot of fun down here. And um, those guys uh, do a good job. So um, appreciate it. Terrific. Chad, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to meet you. Good luck, man, on Saturday. We'll yeah, be pulling for you. your picks, and it's going to be a, a great car. And I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll make a, a, a partial deal with you. I'd love to have you back in a month on Louisiana Derby Day. Maybe we can get you and Kevin Kilroy together. That'd be a lot of fun. We got plenty of time to work that out. But uh, there's still one huge day uh, after Saturday at the fairgrounds on um, Louisiana Derby Day. Chad, thanks again. Have a great night. Look forward to talking to you again. Take care. All right, Howard, thanks. All right, bye-bye. Thanks. All right, that was uh, Chad Schecksnyder. Did a great job, Chad. Greatly appreciate it. Gave us a lot of really good info. 
and insight. Uh, folks, before I let you go, if, in case you didn't see the beginning of the show, just want to remind you, we've got some great promos going on. Fantastic promos, including new promos here on the show. Let me just show you real quick. This is, uh, the, our, this is our YouTube page. Actually, there I am. I'm live right now. Um, if you go below in the description under Show More, it's a little bit hard to see on the screen, but go under the description. We have a new sponsor. It is BetUS. You can get a free 125% per, uh, uh, value. All you have to do is a $50 minimum uh, deposit. You have to use a credit card. Again, you have to use a credit card, $50 minimum deposit into BetUS. It's a fantastic gambling site, and you get 125%. I put in $200, folks, and I have $250 of free play. It's fantastic. Check out BetUS. Highly recommend it. Also, of course, I have my race day blog through Patreon. And then the podcast pool, if you're new and you have no idea what the podcast pool is, please email me at hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. I'll tell you all about the podcast pool. Folks, you only have until midnight Friday, whether you're watching this live or you're watching this as a replay, you have until midnight Friday, Central Standard Time, to buy into our podcast pool. We already have over 20 people in it. We have a lot of money we've accumulated to make some pick fours, fives, and six bets. Check out the podcast pool and how to check it out. You'd have to email me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. And I'll email you back the information. Uh, that is going to do it. Wow. What a show. Thanks for joining me, folks. Episode 113 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I've been your host, Howard Kravitz. Let's crush that late pick five Saturday at the fairgrounds. Take care, everyone. Have a great night.